it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show, June 28th, 2021 from the Home Loan Expert. Dot com studios, Timothy Michael McKernan and Action Jackson with you. It's a podcast that solicits your involvement. And Iggy Jackson mm-hmm. has made it be known that he will appear on the podcast if a topic for a deep dive that involves him or he can provide perspective comes into the email inbox. T McKernan at InsideSTL.com. So you can get Iggy on the podcast because what? He wants to just come in and say fuck a few times? Is that the deal? Yeah, I also I just think he wants to. He he does have some great perspective on some things. So I what think things were those. Oh, match play, match. Yeah, he knows match play. Uh, really, anything daily fantasy because he's a savant in that in that sense. I can't tell if you're being facetious right now because you delivered it so deadpan <laughs> that I think you're being serious. Well, I mean, you know, I I I agree with a lot of his research. It's just you know. Results oriented might be one thing, but I think his research itself is is proper. Um, but Iggy, Iggy's a, a, he has a lot of insight on things, so I think it would be great. And I think the listeners love him, of course. So I think he'd be uh, if there is a topic that he can get into, I think it would be great. Yeah, you want a deep dive? Any deep dive, Iggy involved or not, uh, is welcome here. Of course, I have headphone issues. Nurse, where's my nurse? Is my nurse in? Yeah, sometimes these jacks yeah. can be a little. He's only four years old, but it's sometimes we have some. I guess I kind of hear it. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. And really, I'm looking for sapphic erotic stories. That's basically the reason for the emails. But we've only received like three, despite 400 requests. <laughs> so that's currently our ratio. Yep. Uh, Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Continue to get great questions, though. Uh, just not the sapphic erotic stories at the moment. I'm sure they're coming in fast. And with the weather this 4th of July weekend coming, mm. I anticipate a very bisexual 4th of July. Uh, Jackson, what will you do for 4th of July weekend? I'm curious what a 23-year-old does. You're basically off starting at 10 o'clock Friday, and you don't have to be back into the office until, what, 5.30 on uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Because Monday the station's off. Monday the 5th. You know, I have no plans set in stone at the moment. Uh, I assume those plans will evolve as the week goes on and mm-hmm, I find mm-hmm. some more some more tangible ideas of what mm-hmm, to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll probably go out Friday and Saturday. Um, but if someone invites me to like a lake house or something, I love to do that. I really do enjoy that. Maybe not like the Ozarks, but now what does that mean? Right well, there, what you said right there, what does that mean? Fourth of July can be quite the scene. Now, what do you mean by that? What you said right there? I mean, Let's see how you handle this. <laughs> I, I like a, I like a peaceful, quiet lake, you know, really just enjoy the company of people you're there with. And Lake of the Ozarks is a great place to party, 
most likely some really quality Americans there, but uh, not my scene per se. I prefer a more quiet, laid-back lake vibe than the uh, ramped-up party that would be even more so on 4th of July. Got it. So uh, so you want to go to Tahoe or Havasu? Or, yeah, or... Where or is, one of the Great Lakes, or where, maybe... Where's George Clooney Gosh, at? Lake, like Como. Uh, Como, yeah. That's where you'd be, like to go. Yeah, That's where you're... Peers at Horton Watkins vacation for a three day weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. They all they all have spots right. I actually don't know where the hell I'm going to be. Yeah. Anna Marie just texted me as we're. So here's the deal. I'll mm-hmm. talk about it. Whatever. Podcast is my own little sanctuary. Um. We're supposed to go to Hilton Head. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditionally have gone there with my family going back to 1986 actually, and um. And my brother was there with his wife and three daughters. And then my other brother, Kevin, who's always thanked at the end of the show, he will be there. He has a son. His son is only five or six months, five, six months uh, younger than my son. So they're basically like brothers. Mm-hmm. And I want them to be able to spend some time together. They didn't be able to see each other during the pandemic most of the time, even though we only live, you know, 10 minutes apart. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. And I, I said to um, the radio station, I said, here's what I'd like to do. I'll take the Comrex like I did when we were in Florida mm-hmm. and I'll just do the show from there. So it's, I don't, it's not an issue for, I like doing the show, so I don't mind it. Yeah, I've definitely. only taken two vacation days. Have you taken any vacation days this year? No. Do you feel uncomfortable taking vacation days because you're still earning your stripes? Is that how, is that your logic or you just don't have anything to do? Is bit, that the reasoning? A little bit of both. Yeah. A little bit of both. And it's not like a shot at Iggy in any sense. But if I don't I, think he's taken a lot of vacation no, days either. No, he always takes them at the end of the year. Like when I first started, he just did his annual vacation. Um, I, I just, I, I want to make sure that like Iggy would be, I would, if I'm going to take a vacation day, it's going to be far in advance. So Iggy and I can have a conversation so that like we can, I need to set some things in place because sometimes variables and issues come with what I do. And I want to make sure he's, well prepared for that. Got it. So I haven't, and I also like, I legitimately haven't had anything to take off for. Yeah. I, I mean, will, I, the one day I took off in, I think it was the month of February that I took off. We were going to go do a three day weekend. Someone we were going to go. And then we wound up not going. And the Comrex was sitting right there in my living room. And I was like, I'll do the show. And I'm kind of like, ah, they've already got, I don't even know who's filling in that day. I'm like, I won't interrupt it. But uh-huh. I kind of wanted to do the show. Yeah. I, won, I was up. I wanted to do the show. And I could have just, hit a button and, and been then, connected. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I'll take it off. And then the other one was for when Iggy and I were teammates um, in the golf tournament a couple weeks ago. Um, and that started at eight in the morning on a Friday. So we were off. But other than that, I haven't. Now, interestingly, some people would say because I was in Florida for six months or five months, whatever I was, five months, mm-hmm. that I was on vacation then. Interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But yet I did everything that I would do if yeah. I were in St. Louis there. So the premise being you can do your job remotely, which it's not all jobs, of course, but some jobs. Um, so we're supposed to do that. And I'd still be happy to take the show, even though I don't know how much vacation I get. I think my contract specifically says something along the lines of as long as it does not impact revenue neg- negatively, take as much time as you want. I think that's what station owner Randy Markell wanted to drive home mm-hmm. something along, but if you want to take off eight weeks, I don't care. Just as long as it doesn't mess with the station's revenue, something along those lines. So I have, let's just say I have six weeks of vacation. So that's 30 days and I've taken two of them. 
But I know now with the cat not being on the show and with the Plowhawk not being on the show, we don't have the same roster we had this time last year. And so it's it's a little different than than back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, and then anytime anybody takes off from the show, either that person is attacked or the show is attacked. Yeah. Oh, so you're familiar with this? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> and, and I don't want, that's the thing is like, I, if I take off a day, I don't want Iggy being like smoked with, where's the damn podcast, whatever mean thing that they call well, it. Well, or it can, or it cuts both ways. Where's the damn podcast, Iggy, which inevitably will happen. That happens even when you're sitting there. <laughs> but or it can be. It's so nice that Jackson's not here. The show is so much better. It cuts both ways. It doesn't yeah. matter. It will yeah. go both ways. No doubt. Um, so that is something that I'm just telling you, since you haven't taken vacation and now you are part of the show to be prepared for, there will be yeah. uh, text into the text inbox, posts on the fan page, either complaining that you're not here or, well, both. They will be both. Yeah, or be both. celebrating that you aren't here. That is just the nature of the beast. I have one vacation day I know I'll be taking. What do you got? Um, the Halloween weekend, Mizzou plays Vanderbilt. So me and oh, all my friends. everybody's got that circle. Yeah. <laughs> me and all my friends are going down to Nashville. Uh, more so to just hang out in Nashville. Uh, the Vanderbilt-Mizzou game will be a, a little side thing. And I'm, gonna t- I'm probably going to take off that Monday after that. Sleep it off? Yeah, sleep it off. I don't do well drinking a lot on a whole weekend. Takes me a little bit to get back into the swing of things. I understand that. Yeah, uh, yeah so on this one, I told the station, I said, listen, I th- I'd like to try to go there for two weeks. I'll get the Comrex unit, the same thing I got from Gino, who really does exist. And is great. And is a wonderful engineer. Great guy, wonderful engineer. Yep. Um, used to be at Emma's. Mm-hmm. and uh, was, you know, outstanding there. So I've known him for eight years. Emma's when it owned 105.7, Casey, what else did it own? Nurse, Nurse, 97.1. I feel like I'm missing another. Oh, 96.3, there mm-hmm. it is. And now they split off, and Hubbard owns some, and Entercom, which is now called Odyssey, owns the other. I digress. So uh, John Hadley, who operates KFNS, said, I want you to have that time. To you being away for two weeks, though, that could be a problem. So if you are, if you do want to go two weeks, go. It's, it says in my contract, I can do the show from wherever the hell I want to do the show. Mm-hmm. But if you do two weeks, I would want you to take the Comrex. I said, that's fine. I don't mind doing, doing it the whole time. Yeah. Here's the problem, Jackson. It has mm. nothing to do with the job. I can't find a damn place to stay. In Heldenhead? Can't. Wow. So my parents have a place, but we, as brothers and sister, we we take a week at a time. Uh So I can stay there for one of the weeks, but the second week we had a place. And my parents were actually going to go by to check it out today. It was available. It just popped up last night, and now it's gone. There is nothing available. And I'm literally saying nothing. It's not like, oh, this isn't good nothing available. Now, I'm not going to take just anything, but even if I was willing to take just anything, there is nothing available. Now, I could stay in Savannah, but mm-hmm. that's like 45 minutes away. Yeah, at least. Bluffton, I think, is on the other side of some body of water. I don't know what the hell it is. It's an no. island, so it's got to be some body of water. Bluffton is, is on the mainland. Um, so, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. So, Anna Marie just texted me, and she goes, well, what are we going to do now that that place is gone? I said, woman, because I treat her with respect. Of course. I said, I don't know. I got a podcast. Yeah, we got to break stuff All right. <laughs> I got to snort this fucking Adderall sitting in front of me, this heap of Adderall, and just wander incessantly. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's the situation. And I hate it because my parents have seen my son. Mm-hmm. They saw him on Christmas morning. 
Three days later, we went to Florida. We were there with the exception of Mother's Day weekend all the way until like June, I don't even know, 5th-ish or something like that. And then my mom's birthday is June 13th. Saw my uh, parents June 13th. And other than that, they have spent like a grand total of six hours with their grandson since Christmas. So I want to make this happen. But I don't know where the hell I'm going to stay. I And it's not like... It's not like there's a solution. And it's not like I'm like, ooh, if I bring it up on the podcast, <laughs> you know, Arthur Blank is listening and he'll let me stay at his place on yeah. the Atlantic. That's not what I'm thinking. I'm just I, I'm just vocalizing. This is basically whatever is on my mind. I sit in front of a microphone and I start talking about it. But this is so uh, Anna Marie said, well, uh, are we not going to go? And I said, I don't know right now, woman. I'm recording the podcast. I actually said, baby, you know why? Because I'm a smooth dog. Yeah, you got game. I do got game. Jesus Shuttlesworth. So that's the vacation in July. And then it's our 10th wedding anniversary. Why? Because I call her woman. <laughs> that's how we got to 10 yep. in November. Mm -hmm. And uh, that one's just, that's just, that's just got to happen. And there will be no comrex on that one. Yeah. So look forward to the texts and posts about how the show is infinitely better when I'm not there or infinitely worse when I'm not there in the month of November, just like you will receive on Halloween weekend when you go for the big CBS 230 game of Missouri versus Vanderbilt. Yep. Last time I went, they played each other, at least in Nashville. I went to that game too. Jim Dandy? They lost. Okay. It was brutal. Well, Vanderbilt won the Rose Bowl that year. Yeah. No, they, yeah, they, they were in the final four. <laughs> I hung my head low down there at Nashville that day. So By the just, way, here's the thing. This uh -huh. is actually a, this is actually a sports take. Nice. And it's a contrarian sports take, but it happens to be what I really think. And and even though I know it's totally unpopular, like I could tweet it and get attention, but I'm out of the Twitter business. Mm -hmm. I don't get the Eli Drinkwitz thing. Hmm. And it's so like I'm like, like I don't I don't know what you don't get the hype around. Here's, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. Okay. This is a, this is a take. Take it to the bank take. I think we can get this sponsored. Now we're talking. Take it to the bank take. It is January 28th, 2021. June. I'll bet the entire bankroll, mm -hmm. and I feel like this is an obvious bet, that by June 28th, 2026, Eli Drinkwitz is incredibly unpopular in the state of Missouri. Mm. Five-star lock. Do you follow my thought? You love Iggy's thought process on his chalky DraftKings lineups. <laughs> so do you follow my thought process on on the reasoning here? You should be able to backdoor this equation. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. I you do? Okay, saying. what do you got? He's going to leave for a better job. If he's successful. Yeah, exactly. Or people are going to tire out of what is beloved right now, which is kind of the folksy, nerdy, This is you know, but he yeah. keeps getting recruits because basically you just raid lower tier programs and that's how it works right now and you go, man things are really going well i just don't know what they did last year that was so great I think on the people, field i think people are we are, still talking about the lsu game as yeah, if that was the joe burrow operation because that wasn't people, the joe ed orgeron almost lost his job for that season <laughs> and if a guy didn't drop a ball that he should have caught for florida he may have lost his job that saved his job yeah i think people are using the excuse that this was still kind of barry odom's team and he did decent with them so once he gets like his guys all you know in there it will be a different story but so with that said he should be undefeated through september whether you're high on him or not yeah no doubt no doubt um 
And then and the reason is because I act like everybody knows what the Missouri schedule is. Central Michigan at Kentucky versus Southeast Missouri State and then at Boston College. Yeah, he should be undefeated through that. And if they can beat Tennessee, I'd like to think they're 6-0 and when they uh, host Texas A&M. Yep. Yeah. And then you got the one that Jackson has circled, which is at Vanderbilt. Yeah. October 30th. Which will be a pony. I'll tell you that right now. But if they can get past Central Michigan, Kentucky, you'd like to think they get past SEMO and Boston College. You got all the momentum in the world, and so much of and hey, listen, as a Missouri fan, mm-hmm. like the only, the only, the, the the holy grail for me now as a sports fan, the only thing that's left now that the Blues have won the Stanley Cup is a Missouri national championship. And for me, football is is something yeah. I'm more passionate about than basketball. Although if they got going in basketball, I'd certainly be into it. Mm-hmm. I want it to work. I like the fact that the public is, you know, excited about it. But I just look at it and I go, what? You know what happened last year that was that has people so I just for the life of me I don't get it, I really don't I don't know I'm I think it's confirmation bias because they like Drinkwitz they like his style they well, like I think his you passion just, I think you just hammered it right there yeah. you answered my question that I thought was rhetorical I think it was passion his passion and everything about like what he does and his love for this you know more so than just the football team but like just his overall vibe and he had a you know semi successful season relative to the past couple of years. And so they're like, oh yeah, we love Drinkwitz. And it's a little confirmation bias. Yeah, well, I mean, they were five and five. Yeah. You know, just to, you yeah. know, kind of. But with that schedule, not the worst you could have done there. But the schedule looked one way when the season started. The yeah. schedule, what it actually was. You're not wrong. Was Alabama and Florida am I, and Georgia. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. they were all, and then, then to give up 48 points to Arkansas, yeah, I listen, and losing like they did to Mississippi State, it's kind of the way the season ended. It was near loss to Arkansas, getting wiped off the field with Georgia, then really the thing at Mississippi State. And I know most people listening to this have no idea we want to talk about it, forgotten about it, and I understand that. I want it to work. Mm-hmm. And it may work. Yeah. I'm just saying if it does work, he's gone, and that's fine. That's the cost of doing business, and if you're not one of the top-tier programs— that's what happens. You mm-hmm. lose the coach, and that's fine, unless you have a coach like Gary Pinkle who just doesn't like to bounce around. Mm-hmm. But he is, he's younger than me. He's still in his 30s, isn't he, right? Yeah, he's around there. He's got young kids. And... Yeah, so, I mean, he'll go, and that's fine. God bless. But I'm just saying, this is, and this is a lock, a take-it-to-the-bank take, new mm-hmm. sponsored segment. And it's, it, to me, giving myself till 2026 makes it, like, easy. If I could say 2024, then it's kind of a yeah, more of a gray area play. But for me, it's a lock. He will be, his name will be mud with Missouri fans. Yeah. And there isn't a doubt in my mind on it. Yeah. But I think part of it isn't necessarily the way I was saying you could back into the equation, which is he's going to leave for a better job. Certainly that could be one way. Um, and it, and in the, the way it could be, like if he goes to Alabama, for example, I'm not saying that he would, but just as an example, people would go, oh, well, and then they, they'd wear that as a badge of honor. Yeah. I the issue saying. is when it kind of is like a, uh, what was the name of the dude? Brett Bielma. Uh-huh. Uh, when he went uh, from Wisconsin to Arkansas. Uh, yeah. And people, I'm sure in Wisconsin, were like, what the fuck? How'd that just happen? We're Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, Arkansas is in the SEC, but I mean, it's not like it's Alabama or no. Georgia. So if he were to leave for, you know, the lateral move, uh-huh. like the thing that drove people up the wall with Mike Anderson. Yeah. That type of thing. And I then he just saying. bolts. And then especially if it's inside the conference. That kind of, this to me is a five-star lock. Yeah. I don't know where you can bet it, <laughs> but it make. is a take it to the bank 
take. Yeah. The P- Mizzou fans' perception of people change like overnight on things. Like the perception of Michael Porter Jr. during the season when he got injured throughout the end of the season was bad. Like they're like, oh, what the hell? Like you come here knowing you're hurt and then you sit out and get our hopes up. And now that he's an emerging star in the NBA, it's they wear him like a badge of honor. I was like, well, you didn't keep that energy when he was on the bench hurt, you know, so. I don't think that this is unique to Missouri fans, for no. the record. Yeah, I agree with that. But but Missouri's status as a program, it is in the SEC. It has had a chance at the national championship twice in the last 15 years, late in the season, into mm-hmm. December. So that is unique. Um, but it's, 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 it's a stepping stone for Eli Drinkwitz is how I view it. Or Eli Drinkwitz, you know, there's this kind of revisionist history. He wasn't. I don't even know if he was in their top three <laughs> no. to be the head coach. No. So now all of a sudden this guy who's at Appalachian State is now like the second coming. Based, I just don't know based on what. I have no idea. Everybody's recruiting well right now uh-huh. because the way things have changed. If, if you are in the SEC, you're going to be in a better spot than you were a couple of years ago because of the way the game has changed. And I guess because he's, like I said, folksy and tells funny stories and can speak well, people like him. And then I guess it lends itself to what your thesis is, which is people like him, so they want to spin things into it's really going well. And had they listen, okay, after, because you can't, you can't realistically expect them to win at Florida. Now, they lost by 24, and I know they weren't 24-point dogs. But they were lurking in that game before it got away in the second half. Yeah. But they did win at South Carolina, even though South Carolina, they fired. Didn't they fire? Was that last year they fired Muschamp? Yeah, I think so. In the middle of the season, or was it right after? They, a lot of coaches after. in the SEC get fired after they play Missouri. It's uh, odd. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and after they lose to Missouri. So that South Carolina was a mess, and then Vanderbilt, you win that. But then it kind of was like, oh, Arkansas, 48 points. What in the world? Yeah, and then they got good. wiped off the field by Georgia and then wiped off the field by Mississippi State. And granted, they were a shell of themselves health-wise at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's important to acknowledge all of that. No With doubt. that said, I just don't get, is it because they beat Vanderbilt 41 to nothing? I just don't know what happened on the field that you take from 2020 and go, here they come. That's my premise. I'm not saying that they're not surging. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying there hasn't been evidence yet of it on the field. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think maybe, I just think that overall, like, this is like, it was like Drinkwitz's rough draft and he didn't fall face first, you know, because he had a freshman quarterback, um, a great running back, obviously, Larry Roundtree, who won't be there next year, but uh, uh, this season, I should say but that he just kind of had a, a tough all-SEC schedule relative to the normal schedule that they play that usually features some cupcakes and went 500, didn't fall flat on his face, and showed some signs of, like, promise. So I It think, did, but then it finished without it. And no. that's 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 the—because I was, I was going, man, this is great. Yeah. And then it ended the way that it did, and I was like, ugh. I also think people reached their conclusion on him early. The LSU thing. LSU and the South LSU Carolina. thing was smoke and mirrors. Yeah, yeah, because they are they they showed like full on that they are not even close to the same team. Even though they had that weird game at was it Florida? Florida, Florida the was the game, game. That, that got at Orgeron because Orgeron was starting to get. I knew that was going. It was going to be the Gene Chiswick thing at Auburn. Yeah, one year and then like oh god, now he's on. Now he's on the hot seat. Yeah. But so, who was it? Was it Pitts who dropped a ball for Florida? Somebody dropped a ball. No, they, they or he spiked it. He got a taunting flag, something yeah, like that. He threw like, the guy's he, shoe. That's what it 
was. And then it moved the guy up closer and closer for the field goal, and it ended up losing. It was <laughs> yeah. the dumbest thing I've ever yes. seen in my life. So other than that, I'm not saying Orange Rumble got fired, but he would have gone into the season on the high. And maybe he is anyway if LSU has a repeat of that. Yeah. Premise being this, I'd be surprised if Missouri isn't 4-0 heading into Tennessee. Yeah, that would be well. That yeah, then that would be like a Wyoming situation two years ago yeah. where you lose because that means they would have lost a game. I suppose Kentucky would be the one that would be kind of acceptable. Yeah, I guess that would be the only, yeah. I mean, if they lose to Semo, then it's like yeah, it's the Wyoming thing all over again. That and that was even worse because Kelly Bryant was that was the first game with Kelly. Bryant. Oh yeah, my God. So yeah, that was so 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 when you cut it both ways, I'm saying it, it's either way. Mm-hmm. He could wind up. That's what I'm saying. He could be surging. I'm just confused by. I was confused by the Odom thing too. That was, which I think, I think it's the same thesis. Mm-hmm. People wanted it to work. Yeah. I don't think they necessarily were in, you know, captivated by Barry Odom's personality. No, but, but he was a Missouri guy yeah, exactly. and they wanted it to work. And so even though the evidence was kind of staring them in the fact, did this with gangster Pete, this was like a regular thing. He just was, he was a, what do you say? I'm on the Odom train or something like that. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that, you know, I'd just be like, God, I don't get, it don't remind, the only other thing I compare it to, now the Drinkwitz thing I'm not comparing it to, I'm talking about Odom and Sam Bradford. And you you being Mr. Ramy. I was a Bradford apologist. Yeah, but it was because you were a fan. Yeah, I, I was blinded. And I'm a fan too. At that time, I was a Rams fan. <laughs> but I also have an obligation to tell the audience what I really think. And I'm just like, what are we basing this on? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I get 2010 Offensive Rookie of the Year. Little bit of smoke and mirrors on that, if you recall. The team finished seven and nine. Mm, Charlie Whitehurst. Charlie Whitehurst, <laughs> Week 17 in Seattle, Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Uh, but that I was just like, there isn't really a whole lot to say that this is really going to work here, and it just it kept, it kept getting debated, and I'd just be so confused by it. And we, you know, we played a lot of Joe Strauss drops on today's program. Yeah. And I'm telling you, and I eulogized Joe Strauss. And when I eulogized him, I used the phrase that I used on the show today, credible dissenter. Now, anybody, especially with Twitter, can go on there and be like the contrarian guy. That's why I'm saying I actually have a contrarian take, and I know that it would not play well on Twitter, especially in St. Louis slash Missouri. Yeah. But it's not that I don't think Eli Drinkwitz is a good coach. I'm just saying I don't know what he has done yet at Missouri to show that he is. And there's a difference in the take. But Strauss was credible, and he would dissent. Whereas in St. Louis, for the most part, you don't have any credible dissenters. You may have dissenters, but you don't have any credible mm-hmm. dissenters. Not, not any. Bernie Miklas would be a credible dissenter, Absolutely. for example. Um, but otherwise, it's like, it is kind of a cheerleading thing. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason for that, this is all about hypotheses today, the reason for that, I think, is so many of the people who are working in the market as media grew up here and are fans of the team. And then the fan base itself, unlike, say, Philadelphia would be an extreme example, but take your pick of a lot of big cities where the population is transient, the city is provincial because so many people who are fans grew up here and grew up here all their lives. And what the people want is they want positive stories. Absolutely. And so criticism is rarely accepted unless a situation gets extreme like the 2021 Cardinals as we are sitting here would be an extreme situation. Mm. So it's, it's a, it's a bit unique. Um, For example, I think if the Cardinals had been doing what they've been doing since 2016 in 
New York would be obvious. Philadelphia would be obvious. Let's say Phoenix. Mm -hmm. You know, so something that's not a East Coast media goes batshit. I don't think that you would still have the same power structure in place. Now, I know they fired Mike Matheny, but, you know, even before Mike Matheny was fired, I recall one person who a lot of people would know, not a player, but texting me and going, this is before the season started, like, how is Matheny not going to get fired? This roster is garbage. Mm -hmm. So, but because of the, you know, and so people go, well, the media in town is soft. Well, I mean, the media is giving the people what they want. Yeah. There is a wing. It's kind of like when people complain about presidential candidates. It's like, hey, these two people won their respective yeah. parties' primaries and got the votes. We might not like them, but, I mean, there was a process. They, they weren't yeah. chosen. No, they weren't just thrown in there. Right. And so there is a cause and effect on the whole thing. So I love the fact that I am not affiliated with anybody where I need to be like, oh, I got to, like, make sure I'm yeah, reliant on. on the Cardinals or mm -hmm. Blues or Missouri for interviews. Otherwise, I can't make a living. I don't. Um, so I say what I think. And don't have to worry about any ramifications to it. Um, and sometimes that means I will be wrong. But also other times I think the audience just in general knows that what I really think is what I say. So with regards to Drinkwitz, I'm just confused by it. But I think, Jackson, you've hit the nail on the head. I yeah. think people want it to work. And so, and listen, again, it may work. What I'm telling you is on June 26 or June 28th, 2026, his name, he will not be the head coach of Missouri. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I can see it. And, I, and by the way, it would be wonderful if I'm wrong. Yeah, that'd be because great. Because that means he will have coached six or seven seasons. Yeah. And you don't do You don't that get that in the SEC by, no. by going, you know, I know the, the thing was we go to Bulls around here, but that's that ain't happening. Yeah. If you, if, and if, by that, I mean that didn't happen. People aren't falling for that shit anymore. That stuff's you, over. If he's still. We go to Bulls. Yeah. Every motherfucker goes to Bulls. If, you he, know? if he's still in the same position, if he's still the coach in 26, that means he'll have at least one or two SEC East titles, you'd have to think. I don't know on that. I don't know on that. I don't know on that. I'm not saying you're wrong. But if he has um, three eight-win okay. and one nine-win, but without an SEC, SEC title, but they were in the mix for it and they lost a close game to Florida or Georgia if somebody else emerges. Yeah. Um, I hear you on that. That's bad. That's, that's but my get, but, but here's the thing. If, if the, the, the thought process will be now you're on the map in the SEC mm -hmm. with the other SEC schools, and as you see, SEC coaches will leave other SEC schools to go to, like, there's the lower tier of the SEC, and then there's the upper tier, and Dan Mullen went from the lower tier yeah. to the upper tier. No Nick doubt. Saban went, you know, yes, he used the Miami Dolphins as a buffer, but LSU to, yeah. to Alabama. Um You'll see coaches bounce around. I feel like there's another one. Isn't there an obvious another one? I mean, I feel like everybody leaves Saban staff and then gets a head coaching job. I know that happened with, uh, yeah. with Smart and Pruitt. Um, and where was, uh, who's the head coach of Arkansas? I can't, Arkansas football coach I'm typing in. is it? And I know a lot of people think really highly of him. God, Pitt, Pitt am I right on this? Pittman. That's right. I was going to say Pitts. Pittsman. Okay. And he was uh, the O-line coach and associate head coach at Georgia before. Yeah. Yeah, SEC guys tend to move around. Point is, in the SEC, SEC if Drinkwitz succeeds ex expectations in Columbia, even after this year, mm -hmm. if like this year they win eight games, he will be on the radar for a job. That's no the way that it works. No doubt. And if fans are going, okay, he's got this thing moving in the right direction, and then he goes and takes the head coaching job at, I don't know what could be up for grabs. It seems like Tennessee has a new coach every half season. Yeah. But something like that that will cause him to be disliked. That's my premise. No doubt. Or 
it's a lot of smoke and no fire and people's expectations are high. Whereas I don't think they really were high at o- with Odom. No. And then they lose to one of these butt asses in the first month of the season, or they, they only win six games this year or something like that. Yeah, people are going, okay, hold on a second. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Am I making my premise clear? Or am I very guarded? You're going to say I'm making my premise clear because you feel like I'm your boss, even though I'm your, not. Even though I'm not. <laughs> no, I <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I agree. I 100 percent agree that if Drinkwitz doesn't, if he does well, I mean, there's not a lot of great. Like if he does well, because he said that he's not using this as a jumping off point. So if he does exactly That's such the a tough opposite, spot though for anybody, no any coach or even any government official or any play, like play, like Kyrie Irving's dealing with that from Boston fans who say, cause he said he would resign, but that's just not how it works. Right. And so if Drinkwitz does do that, does the opposite of what people said and they'll hold him to that, you know, people will, then it's no doubt going to be like, uh, yeah, he'll be cursed. Right. They'll curse his name. Unless, unless he goes to like an Alabama or Georgia. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I just, I think that, or Clemson. I think you know? his measure of success at this point is going to be m- more than I think an eight wins. I think that he'll need to at least go to an SEC championship once to be like, I don't know. I just I'd think, say, I, I think I, I, that's where we disagree. Okay. I don't because I remember at the end of the year last year, like I'd watch the SEC network and like Gene Chizik, boy, how about the job Eli Drinkwitz is doing there? And I'd be like, I guess. I mean, but they beat South Carolina and Vanderbilt. I mean, and they beat a shitty LSU team and they beat Kentucky. I mean, this this wasn't this wasn't like you know. And again, I, by the way, it's not like I'm I'm irritated by that. If if you would have told me in August of 2020, Missouri's going to win five games, I would have gone, "Holy shit! Mm-hmm. How the hell did they get to five wins?" Because you're looking at it. Tennessee was supposed to be good when they lost to Tennessee. Tennessee was number 21. Mm-hmm. Now I realize it fell apart, but Tennessee was number 21. Yeah. But you look at Alabama at Tennessee and against LSU, you're going, well, shit, they're 0-3 right there. So that mm-hmm. means they're going 5-2 and the rest of the way. And you still have Kentucky, Florida, Georgia on the schedule. So that means they had to have won some of those, but you didn't know what the LSU situation was, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think if they would have finished and beaten LSU after LSU had beaten Florida yeah, and yeah. lost to Mississippi State earlier in the year, I think I have a different... Yeah, I perspective on it, but because it fizzled the way that it did, and again, I realize again that wasn't the Missouri team at the start of the season that was down in Starkville. We're spending a lot. Of, we're spending more time on Missouri football here than I've ever imagined. <laughs> Plus, I got so many damn good emails. Um, but Jackson, you're trapped with me here for another hour and twenty three minutes because I'm getting a car drop off from Munganest trading cars up. They really are. When are you going to get a whip from Munganest? I got to get you and Iggy whips. That's what I got to do. <laughs> yeah, I've, J- yeah, Jamie Burkhardt at Munganess and I text about it weekly. We got to get Iggy a car, yeah. but he won't do it. Yeah, what's the deal with that? He's a, he's a pr- he's a proud man. God, he's a proud man. He's a proud man. He really as, is. As little as people want to think he's not, he's a he's one. Of, he's a very proud man. He really is. But it's for for us to do it. It isn't like no. It's not like a charity. thing. Right. It's an appreciation thing. You know, I mean, like Seamaster, who was the producer when we started this thing, 2017. Um, I was grateful for everything that he had done, especially at 920. I mean, he was he was really the, you know, the, the programming side. He operated it. He was outstanding. I mean, mm-hmm. fucking A plus, great guy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I didn't need to do it, and he didn't need it, but I got him a car. You know, it's not like I just give out cars. It was on inside STL. It was with an advertiser. So, you know, but but I wanted to thank him. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Iggy. Yeah. You know, 
And if you stick around long enough, I'd want to do the same thing for you. It's just that that's just the way you want people to be happy. And, and you also want people to know that they're appreciated. Mm-hmm. And so you do things that, you know, can help them out. But he refuses to do it. Well, nobody should refuse to work with Munganess. They're online at stlouisaccurate.com and altontoyota.com. And they are the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast and the Ryan Kelly Morning After. Ryan Kelly is online at thehomeloanexpert.com. And I have worked with him multiple times here since April of 2020. And I used to just say, well, my sister worked with him because I hadn't bought a home or sold a home in that time. Um, but now I have. I haven't bought a home or sold a home in this time either. But I have refinanced and I've gotten pre-approved. And look at this, Jackson. I go to thehomeloanexpert.com and in the blue states that are in there mm-hmm. are, are not uh, representative of, of blue states, red states. These are the states Ryan is now in crazy. He's in Cali, baby. He's in Cali. He's in Cali. I mean, at first it was like a huge deal that he was going SEC. Yeah. Now he's California. Now he's California and Arizona and Colorado and Texas. I mean, he's going to cover the whole thing. Yeah. He's the best. And he, his staff and Ryan, they are so good. It's so easy. And I know you know this because if you are buying a home, you just know the program at this point, but you have to be pre-approved. You probably also have to have some liquidity as well because you probably are going to have to offer more than asking price. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. You can't get pre-approved for more than the things appraised for. But if you want the house, you're probably going to have to ask for more than the thing is asked for. That's the deal right now. Either way, get it done at thehomeloanexpert.com. He's the best in the business. Also the best in the business, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at evergreens.com. TL.com. I am a huge fan of him. There's going to come a time. It's probably going to come within the, about a month, maybe a month and a half, where I'm going to be able to tell some stories about what Mark Hanna has, has done for me, for my family, with me, whatever you want to say. I don't know what the right way to say it. And it will drive home why I think so highly of him because mm-hmm. it's not just about, hey, you ought to do this or this with your money. That's a part of it. But if he knows what your goals are and he actually listens, he does, then he can help you because what I'm looking to do, Jackson, will be different than what you're looking to do because we're at different points in our lives. I'm mm-hmm. married with child. You're you're looking to just start building, mm-hmm. um, and it's a different situation. But he listens. He doesn't just put everybody in one plan and then go, okay, good, I got your money now. I'll get my commission and go on about my day. That's not him. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at evergreenstl.com or call him at 314-889-0503. All right. You know it's 1041 as we are recording this. Mm. You also know that Munganast is showing up at noon. Mm-hmm. So now you have an actual time parameter. Yep. How many of the emails will we get through knowing we have an hour and 18 minutes to work with? I'd set the over-under at three and a half. That's a nice number. I'd set that the over-under at three and That's a half. That's a nice number. Because we can catch one that might take yeah, they can have it. Yeah, one can be like about the show, and the next thing I know, I'm talk, telling stories about a foursome. Yeah. You know, so, you don't know how you got there. So you just know you're there. Three and a half. I think the the, the minus 125 is on the under. Oh, is that right? Plus, oh, really? Plus 125 on the over. There it is. The odds have been set. Listeners, you're along for the ride. Place your wagers right now. Hi, Tim. I would love to hear your opinion on the glorification on overworking in a job. With my current and previous employers, people who work 45 to 50 hours a week are considered the hardest workers and ones that are primed for promotions. From my experience, most people who end up working those extra hours are being inefficient in their regular workday, and that is what makes them have to work extra. I feel that as a society, we glorify overworking and wanted to know your thoughts on it. Thanks. That comes the Holly Hills Hustler. 
Um, well, my initial reaction is I feel like I've talked about this quite often, both on the radio and on the podcast. And I'm not saying that to chastise the Holly Hills Hustler for question, because just because I've talked about it doesn't mean the Holly Hills Hustler has heard it. But it is one of the topics that gets me going. So if you're playing QFTA bingo, this would be one where you would probably get a, a check mark on your bingo card because it gets me going in a major way. Now, Jackson at 23 mm-hmm. and new to the game, you mm-hmm. know, recently out of college, how do you how do you view what he said before I start going on a tangent that'll somehow wind up with me being in bed with four women? <laughs> I definitely agree that we over-glorify the, you know, plus 40-hour work week. We as Americans or we as global citizens? We as Americans. I agree Because with that part. in Europe, they do not do that shit. Um, but... Some parts of Europe, I don't want to make a blanket statement like that. But uh, I do think that, like, I, I hear these horror stories about people vacation shaming. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, that's like, got to be, like, we like people at the same company. It's like, you guys have the same paid time off. Like, why are you, like, making these passive-aggressive, which is another thing I hate, uh, these passive-aggressive remarks, like, oh, must be nice. Yeah, must like, be nice. That's yeah. right. Uh, can you do a T-shirt that says, must be nice? <laughs> must be nice, and, and someone on a beach. <laughs> <laughs> because, God forbid, that they take some time, because work-life balance is so important. We learned about a lot of that in college. That's a big Mark Hanna message, actually. Yeah, exactly. That's what he talks about. And mental health, is so much, and it's being more and more prioritized, as it should be, as we go along uh, in, the, in the years it's important that you need some space because it's it, like he said, it is inefficient. You, there's no way you were going to do as good a job if you work 80 hours a week, if you worked 60 hours a week, like how much more are you accomplishing in those extra? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I feel so strongly about this. I know the, the Holly Hills hustler can't name his company, but I would imagine everybody listening knows what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And either you have vacation shamed or you have been vacation shamed or you feel like if you ask for vacation, you might catch shit for it. So I talked about the the by fact that I, I'm trying to go on vacation, mm-hmm. even though I'll probably do the show at least half of the time that I'm there. And I, you know, I said to, to John Hadley and I asked for this vacation back like in March or April. Mm-hmm. I said, listen, I know my family's going to be in Hilton Head in July. We always go there. And then it's my 10th wedding anniversary. And so I know we're going to go and we go to Sanibel every November. It's our, that's where we got married. So we'll take, so I'm going to take two weeks at a time. So I'm going to miss four weeks, which is still less than my allocated vacation. But I know, like I said, without the cat being part of the show now and the plowhawk, who is an active on air participant on in the show, that if I'm out, that is, that's different than it had been in the past where we'd all just kind of take time and be fine. It's a different situation. I'm not to say the show won't be fine, but it's just, it, it, they, they have to plan for it more now than, than in the past. And, and he said, um, I'm going to bust into a Hadley impression. Uh, it's kind of like when I do a Randy impression, I bust into impressions. Hey, big man, you got to do what you got to do. I want you charging the hill and I want you recharged and, uh, you do, you do whatever you need to do. You know, if you had to take two weeks, I need to take the Comrex unit. But, and I go, I pre- yeah, thank you. You know, cause I get it. You can't have me with all the live reads I do. You can't lose that money. So I, that's business, man. That's, that's, that's cool. And on top of it, now listen, if I were vacationing in California or whatever, Las Vegas on the Pacific time zone, doing seven to 10, now we got a different animal there because now we're talking five to eight. But on the East Coast, fuck, it's eight to 11. I love doing it anyway. I still can hang out with my family after the show. Everybody wins. Just like when I was in Jupiter, it didn't matter. No, it didn't affect anything. And and by the way, as much as I kind of was joking about, there was one guy who texted in, oh yeah, you definitely need time off after your time in Florida one guy for the most part the audience has been 
I mean, not just the most part, like all of the audience has been just like, yeah, so what? You do the show in Florida. At least you're still doing the show. Good. Yeah. Fuck. Who gives a shit? What yeah, does it, it matter? The exact yeah, it does. It just doesn't matter. You know, it just doesn't matter. Like the unrelatable thing that got going in 2018, those days are over. Mm-hmm. Um, because anybody could do the show remotely. And as I've said, there have been people in the market doing shows remotely. They just keep it top secret. Yeah. And if I could go back, I would have kept it top secret. It just would have been weird when I was talking about shooting a 75 in the middle of January. Yeah, we were, it would have been a tell. Yeah, you're like giving yourself away there on that one. <laughs> so, so with that said, having, um, you know, with Inside STL, when Inside STL was operating radio programming, um, or, you know, I, Sound Story, for example, which... As you know, because we talked about it. Yeah. Um, I am looking forward to, I don't even know what the right way to describe it would be, aggressively growing it, uh, mm-hmm. I suppose, over the next year, but really probably the next six, seven months. Um, the way I have viewed giving vacation and or managing employees, two things stand out to me. Number one, with Inside STL, one of the reasons Inside STL is still around, even though it's we're not really doing much at this particular moment, um, but it's still a functioning business. Ba- basically, the only revenue is Jackson's T-shirts, <laughs> um, and the only expenses are the podcast servers. But uh, is is because when I started, I thought, okay, clearly these guys, where we were doing a radio show at the time back in two thousand five, piss people off by doing certain things. Yeah. And so all I'm going to do is the opposite of that. I swear that was the thought process. I'm like, people don't like this, so I won't do that. And I'll make sure to like overcorrect it. Uh-huh. And one of the things was vacation. Mm-hmm. It's so important to me that if you want your employees to perform at a high level, that A, you show you appreciate them. We're talking about with cars. Uh, not that everybody should expect a car from their employer, but uh, but B... You do want them to recharge. Now, in the case of John Hadley saying, take the time to recharge, I appreciate it. But, you know, TMA and doing the podcast, it doesn't really take things out. If anything, I'm energized by doing it. I yeah. like doing it. I come out of doing this podcast as energized as I'm, I am all week. I love doing it. Um, but if I did work um, a quote-unquote real job mm-hmm. and I did have a 50-hour, 60-hour work week, vacation is so important. Yeah. And I do think, but I, it's tough for me to speak to because I have, have you been to Europe? I haven't been to Europe. Nope. I haven't been to Europe, so I don't know. I do know that Europeans look at the American work week and go, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Like, that's no way to live. Yeah. But then for whatever reason, I don't know. I feel like it's almost like how religion was created. Like, and of course, my theory on religion is, I think, different than your theory on religion. First off, insecurity about the afterlife, but then secondarily to, to manipulate people mm-hmm. who aren't, you know, who are powerless. And then you say you do this and then you'll get, you know, afterlife glory. And now we can manipulate this large portion of the population, whether it be now or whether it be 2000 years ago. It doesn't matter. That's the premise. And so the same thought process applied here to work oh, if we can demonize vacation and if we can demonize the guy who takes time off and we can glorify hard work, we can trick these motherfuckers into working like ridiculous hours that no human being should really be doing. Yeah. And that is the United States. Now, I think I think it's changed in the last 15 months because of the pandemic. I think there is awareness now. Um, I think there is awareness both on people who are younger, but then I also think people who are older going, fuck it. 
you know what? I'm 60 now. What the hell am I doing? I got to like, this isn't a way to live. No. You know, I, I might not be guaranteed to get to 70 and the place wherever that I thought I was going to be able to buy to either live or at least vacation. So people are now living more for now than they were before. But I also think in particular, Jackson, with your generation. Now, Doug calls it the softening. We were talking about this in a commercial break last week, as a matter of fact. And in, in, in the main studio during the radio show, it's just me and Doug and Matt Rocchio. Mm-hmm. And and I don't even know how the, the topic came up. But Doug was saying people wanting to move to warm weather destinations is just further proof of the softening of America. And I said, or people just can work remotely and don't want to be cold. You know, I don't, I don't think that's soft. I think in the past shit, just three years ago for me, the idea of living in Florida wasn't something that was something I looked at as possible until I was done. But now it's like, Oh, I can do it. I can live in Florida and do my job. And other people in other industries have found that. Take your pick of Florida or Arizona. Or, by the way, this isn't just warm weather. Some people hate the hot weather. Down in Florida, they think it's fucking awful. They Mm -hmm. think it's awful because that's all they know. Uh And so they view this time of the year down there as like the worst Mm -hmm. because it rains every day at 3 o'clock and it's hotter than hell. But if you're from St. Louis, it's nothing. If anything, you have like a 10 to 15 mile an hour breeze all the time coming off the water. And so it it isn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. But the premise is... I think that now I don't know if it's companies that are incentivized by governments that want the tax dollars back in their cities as in downtowns or if it's companies feeling like their employees were not as efficient when they weren't in the building. Mm. But now you do have some companies saying you got to be back in the office September 1st. You got to be back in the office October 1st. And I've, I've it's talking with someone, as a matter of fact, um, who's saying, yeah, I got to go in the office for the first time since I started there and I'm dreading it. I might not want to stay there. Because now I'm going to start having to travel and, and and do these things that I didn't really want to do. And I loved the flexibility and I worked really productively. I've been promoted, all these things. I would, I think if you are choosing between a job that will allow you to live wherever you want and a job that wants you in the office, I feel like the, the former is going to have a major advantage for a lot of people now, now that they've gotten a taste of it. But I don't think that the, the company is necessarily doing itself a disservice. Again, this is operating off the premise that we're not talking about like a hospital or a, yeah. an attorney or something like that. Yep. The professions where it doesn't need to be physical presence, that it will be beneficial to allow people to kind of, some people aren't necessarily morning people. Some people find themselves, okay, the kids are asleep. I got an idea and I want to work on it now. I'm energized or Mm -hmm. the kids aren't getting up until eight. It's five. I can work now. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm up. Fuck it. I'll go now. And so people were able to kind of customize schedules to operate at their peak efficient times. So I know that in my mindset, if I'm operating a business, that's something that two years ago wasn't even on my mind is offering employees that I would want to make sure that I offer um, that they can work remotely. To me, it's like, like, let's say I bought a radio station. I'm not saying I'm buying a radio station, but just for the sake of the discussion, I would absolutely make that possible. Mm-hmm. Now, same kind of deal like what KFNS has put on the table for me um, is you can, live in, you can live in Florida if you want to. Totally cool. I mean, it's in my deal now, but for, for past when my deal expires at the end of the year and the, the contract... Uh, just need you back in St. Louis once every six weeks. That's that's what's on the table right now from KFNS. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I get it because you got promotions. You want me to meet with sponsors, whatever the case might be. And that's that's a big thing. Yeah. For yeah. me, it's a big thing. For other people, it might not be a big thing. 
If it impacts the product, different deal. So from my standpoint, you want to try to do things that make your employees happy. And with regards to vacation shaming and working 40 to 50 hours a week, I actually would make people take vacation. Even if they're not going to go somewhere, just take time off. Yeah. And if you want to work from home and not going out, fine. However you want to do it. Mm -hmm. But you get four weeks of vacation. You get three weeks of vacation. You get two weeks of vacation. Whatever it is, take it. Take it. Yeah. Utilize. Your other, it's not like you're going to do anything with it. You're not going to get paid for it. Take it. Take it. Do whatever. You just, it's, it's healthy. But I don't think... I don't know if people know that because I feel like hard work is this American dogma. What do you say when you're running for office? I'm a hardworking American. If you came for money, which most po politicians do, even though they all act like they're not <laughs> coming for money. It's the strangest thing. And then they'll talk about how hard they worked. Sleeves rolled up. I mean, I would much rather hire somebody who can walk in and do a show that is going to mobilize an audience and give a return on investment for advertisers than somebody who comes in five hours early and like writes out the show and might be by definition, a hard worker. You know what? If I showed up at Bush stadium at one o'clock, I'm still not gonna be able to play second base as well as Tommy Edmond does. Mm -hmm. And he could show up at seven. So it doesn't fucking matter, yeah. but there's this weird thing, you know, and it's, and it's, it's wrong. I mean, yeah. that's the thing, you know, sometimes there might be merit to dogma, but, other times, it's just bullshit that gets passed on and doesn't get challenged because now you challenge it. Now you're the bad guy, whether you're challenging religion, you're trying, ch challenging sexual mores, or you're challenging American work ethic. Mm -hmm. Because then it's just it, it's more about people just killing time. But I'm in the office. Exactly. That's the thing. Exactly. So Holly Hills Hustler, um, yeah, you happen to email in on a topic that uh, that absolutely gets me going. It matters. Man, I'm telling you. I mean, I was, my son is three now. It'll be four in two months, less than two months. There's maybe only, God, high side, 10. And that's probably high side. But more likely eight or nine vacations where he'll actually want to hang out with me. Now, that's fucking crazy to me because to me, he's still a baby. Mm -hmm. But that's the math. And I don't know if people necessarily realize that until that the kid is sitting there basically being a dick, like we all were at 13. Mm -hmm. And you go, God, I wish I would have enjoyed more of the, you know, four, five, and six years because this kid's not and doesn't want to be with me. Mm -hmm. Good chance the kid is going away at 18 to go to school. And then he's not living here. Or she's not living here. And holy shit. Yeah. And now I'm 60 or 70 and fuck, I don't know how many more times we're going to get. And then there's the, usually parents and children come back together in yeah, the twenties, but there is that time. And you know, it's just the way it is. My son will dislike me in a decade. It's a lock. <laughs> it's just the way that it is. Yeah. And I'm not going to take it personally. Uh, couldn't be closer now, but it's just the way that it works. And so you want to maximize that, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it, it kind of is what, what he's emailed in about is this. It kind of, I think it triggers the same thing for me as the living wherever you want conversation, the maximizing happiness conversation, um, as opposed to working, 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 working. You were in here for the first time we did a sound story in person. Now I've done 50 of them uh -huh. and probably 45 of them have been in person, but we did our first one for you, right? On yeah. the ones and twos in person. Yep. And the gentleman we interviewed, his wife was in here as well, uh, had an incredibly successful career. Yep. And of the, what, 90 minutes that we spent talking to him, 
how much of that was spent on his career? Maybe 15. Yeah, maybe, I mean, it, 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 the, the, the premise being, and that's maybe Sound Story has helped me, go online at mysoundstory.com if you would like one, has helped me, has helped drive home something that I've believed for a while, but now it's like confirmed. When you get a chance to hear from older people who are kind of looking back on their lives, rarely do they spend time on their careers. Mm hmm even though it's been the bulk of their life from 20-some-odd years old until 60 or 70-some-odd years old. Mm -hmm. It's family and experiences. And to me, there's, there's, there, that's almost like the answer key. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel really strongly about this. And however people want to live, they're welcome to live. But, you know, I, I, it's almost like you can't say because it's like shame's attached to it mm -hmm. if you're not working hard. Iggy does not work hard, but guess who else doesn't work hard? At least on TMA, me. Mm -hmm. And we just do it. It just fucking works. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Mm -hmm. now, you can get mad about it. I know people listening to this aren't going to get mad about it, but like other people who don't necessarily like the show, oh, they don't prep or whatever. Fine, we don't prep. There's the hundred percent truth to we do not prep. Nope. But it works. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Indeed, it does. And so doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. So we could prep. It would change the dynamic of the show because the show's success in part is because of its spontaneity. So, you know, it's just sometimes you can play the game and yeah. sometimes you can't. And it sucks that some people can play the game. I am not happy that I am not tall. I would really like to be taller. Jackson, I'd try, what are you, what are you, six, one, two? Six, one. Be wonderful. Mm -hmm. I'd be George Clooney. I'd be George <laughs> Clooney is who I'd be, even though I don't think he's five eleven himself. No, but either he's. Am I, are you right? Am I right on that? I think he's shorter than he like. Oh, he that works right? On screen, I think all. Maybe he's busting out the lift himself. <laughs> Maybe Ocean's Eleven. He might have. Uh, was he was he busting out the lift? Well, yeah, it was a lot a lot tall. I mean, Brad Pitt was there, and I don't think Brad Pitt's that tall. He looks tall. I know they shoot him that. Let me get to the bottom. Let me I bet, this, I bet so this is what happens. We have an email about vacation <laughs> now we're talking and the next thing we know, we're talking about heights of over 5'11". You are correct. Clooney. Clooney's listed as 5'11". Ooh. I think I, I would... Take the under on that. I, went, I saw him shoot a couple of scenes in Up in the Air. Yeah. With the great Vera Farmiga. Love that movie. I like that movie, too. Kind of Love flies it. under the radar, even though it was nominated for Best Picture. It was. Uh, DiCaprio, six feet. Yeah. They, they always say that. I don't think he's that tall. Either. Oh, is that right? I would buy that one. I would short, no pun intended, Clooney 5'11". No, Tom Cruise not. famously small. But not as small as everyone like thinks he is. He's listed as 5'7". Yeah, but that, that's not like, that's not super short. That's, uh, that's not as short as people like like joke about him being. Right. Yeah, that's a weird thing with the height. Like, the great thing is my height gets talked about so much that when people meet me, yeah. they're under the impression that I'm like... You're not that short at all. <laughs> well, I mean, I appreciate you saying that. I'm on the shorter end of things. I th I, here's what I think the issue is. I've, I've kind of, I've kind of, I think it's like your thesis on the Eli Drinkwitz. I'm going to uh -huh. introduce a thesis. The thesis is if somebody is perceived to have a man, mm -hmm. by the way, this is a male thing. Yeah. If a male is perceived to have either accomplishment or an attractive significant other, it fucks people up when they're short. Ooh. Ooh, I got you on this one. I entered, and this was, never, all came from the vacation shaming thing. I've never really thought about that. It's it's a hundred percent real. And I also want to I also want to inject this one. We really might not cover the over on the three and a half now. <laughs> I want to inject this one in. Men, not women, mm -hmm. have a thing for good-looking men in positions of power. 
It is a weird thing. It, Republican men, and I'm going to go here, hey. and I don't know what this is about. I have no idea what this is about. Republican men or conservative men, because I'm sure there are plenty of Republicans who do not want to attach themselves to Sarah Palin. No doubt. Conservative men um, have a thing, and I have no idea what it's about, for attractive female Republican candidates, politicians in general. Uh-huh. Democrats will trot out, trot out women, whether they're attractive or not. Take your pick. And, and I'm not going into listing, but if the, the, the female... And not necessarily like, you know, take your pick of whoever, who's the most attractive woman in the world to you right now, Jackson. You're on the clock. Go. Three, two, one. Uh, Somebody attached to Missouri basketball, I assume. Probably Emily Ratajkowski. That's just like That's a first, nice play. That's the first that's thing nice that comes play. to mind. I could probably think of other females who are just as good looking. But No, that's a nice play. And, I really, and her personality makes her even yeah, more she seems cool. beautiful. Yeah. So it, it, with regards to, and I'm not, so I'm not saying Emily Ratajkowski looks, but uh-huh. like attractive older women. Mm-hmm. That's a thing, but that's not really my main take. My take is this: guys have a thing, and I don't know what this is about, uh-huh. and I don't know if you've experienced it yet. I didn't experience it yet at 23. Uh-huh. I guess I did a little bit because I was rush chairman at Sigma Chi for two years, and I remember like the older guys, oh, you got to get this guy; he's a stud. And I'd be like, okay, I mean, I've, I've, you know, as my job is to recruit people to the fraternity, you know, I've taking them out once or twice mm-hmm. they're in a whole lot there yeah i don't know where you got this stud thing from. well he's a good looking guy that's what it was about yeah doesn't mean he's got game but what do we what, what do we what, what do we what do we care yeah exactly i mean are we like are we are we there so he attracts women to the fraternity house so he gets like we get his scraps i think is that it yeah. or, or but now now that we're not all living in one house together and hazing the shit out of each other uh-huh. now we're in our 40s and it's still a thing it's still a thing but it's a weird thing. And I don't even know if guys are aware of it, but I have observed it and it is a strange thing. Mm-hmm. Guys will like other guys more if the guy is in a perceived position of power and he is attractive. It's fucked up, but I'm telling you it's the truth. Mm. And Holly Hills Hustler, I know you asked about vacation shaming. I'm aware that we have now gone off. I have now taken us off into this realm and I don't even know how. Oh, the height thing. Yeah, that's right. The height it's, thing. And then we got into George Clooney's we got height. George Clooney's height, Brad yeah. Pitt's height. I, I don't really have a take on that just because I don't, this is the first well, time. Well, you, wouldn't, you uh, won't experience uh, yeah, it. I, you I just, won't experience it. Yeah, but I've just never, this is the first time I've been introduced to the thesis itself. The cat, the cat, what we're, the cat created lemmings, uh-huh. which has absolutely sabotaged my relationship with the audience. <laughs> uh, and then, and he did it as a joke. He didn't do it maliciously. No. He just has. But then secondarily, the cat would always talk about how short I am, even though I was the same height as the cat. It was one of the strangest fucking bits yeah. in radio. Yeah. You know, but we just kind of played along with it. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I remember there was a, and I don't I don't think naming her name matters, Ann Carroll. She worked uh, at KMOV, she worked at Fox Sports Midwest. I don't think she's in television anymore. And I remember she came in and she goes, you're not that short. And I go, I'm not that tall. And she goes, yeah, but you're not like that short. And I go, I know. She goes, but the way that you guys talk on the radio, I thought you were like five, four or five, five. Yeah. And I go, yeah, but let's not, let's just keep it going because then we don't want to like have a discussion about how I'm not that short because then what happens? Then people are like, oh, I thought you weren't that short. You're pretty short. So you have to set the expectation yeah. to then make it because if I, if you would meet me and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm six foot tall. And then you'd meet me and go, what the fuck is motherfucker yeah. in six sandbagging. feet tall? You're sandbagging Exactly. Yourself. Yeah. That's the play. Yeah. But I'm telling you. There is a thing, like how tall is Dan Snyder, owner of the Washington football team? Boy, I don't, I've seen like one picture of him ever, and it was in, not a 
article that painted them in a good light. So I can't. Well, this is great. Typed in his height and it's 1.75 meters. What the fuck is that? <laughs> is he like from Denmark? <laughs> yeah. God bless America. I can't do that conversion. Five foot nine. Okay. What is his nickname? Little Danny Snyder. Is it? Is yes. that what people call him? Oh, yeah. It's a whole thing. Damn. Why do they do Why? I don't get that. I don't get the. Sh I get like. I don't get, I don't think it's right, but I get the, the idea of weight shaming is like, well, you have all control over that height shaming, unless you get the but Chinese you can surgery. Shame. You, that's right. The Chinese surgery that I will be getting is pretty <laughs> awesome. It's that to me is one of the more amazing things. Yeah, now I'm do not, I, don't, I, do, I have zero interest in becoming who is the, I don't, the AOC of the small people. I have zero or who would be a good conservative ben figurehead who Ben, ben Shapiro. Shapiro of the small people. And that now sounds like a high attack on Ben Shapiro, who I know is not a tall man. No, it's not intended. My premise is this. I don't want to be, I don't want to carry the torch, but my prediction, I'm going to parlay this with my Eli Drinkwitz name will be mud with along Missouri fans by uh, June 28th, 2026 is that there will be a height shaming lobby within the next five years because it's something you can't do anything about, but people do get shit on for being small. No doubt. You can't do anything about it. No doubt. But then the thing that you can do something about weight loss. Yeah. You can't talk about. Yeah. I mean, it's well, a fucked up thing going. Yeah. Like I get, like if you're discriminating against somebody based on their race or based on their sexual orientation, or as some might like to call it, their sexual preference, just to kind of let you know where they are on that whole discussion, yeah, exactly. or their religion or whatever the case might be, and you're born with the race, the religion, the sexual orientation, I get it. Just like you're born. I'm born. I'm just, I got fucked. What am I going to do? I can't do anything about it. My brother's like 6'1". Mm-hmm. But you can shit on people for being short. Yeah, it's weird. It's it is. It's definitely it's weird. Fine. It hasn't really affected me. No. I, can't, I cannot run for office because of it. Yeah. I think the baldness also is a problem. Mm. The asymmetry of the skull problematic. Yeah. But I think the height would probably be the biggest one. Actually, I think I'll rank them this way: agnostic being the biggest reason I can't get elected in the United States. I could get elected in the city of St. Louis. Can't get elected beyond the city of St. Louis. Um, height would be the second most problematic. Um, God, what do you think next? Uh, uh, outwardness of enjoying sex and porn. Ooh, nice. That was a really nice play. Yeah. I, I, now I might have to reorder. <laughs> that's, I might have to re, I might have that to, might that, be right that after might, the that might be at the top of that might be at the top of the list. <laughs> yeah. That might actually be it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yes. Yeah, so now, but here's a picture of Robert Griffin III, Mike Shanahan, and Dan Snyder. Now, Dan Snyder does look like he's five foot. Yeah, but he's standing next to a five. But Mike Shanahan is five nine. Yeah. And so, so there's a story written. This is in the Washington Post. All I did was type in Dan Snyder height, and I got this. Any and in, did you just apologize for some or something? I don't know. <laughs> it's from 2012 because okay. obviously RG three is there and Mike yeah. Shanahan is there. Uh, any image that appears to show something different, like the screenshot above from a video posted on the Redskins, we're still calling them the Redskins, Facebook page, is in some way misleading or defective or untrustworthy. Don't believe your eyes. Snyder's height was established in a 2010 Forbes profile when author Monty Burke wrote this. Among other slights, the post Mike Wise called him Napoleon in a luxury suite, though he's five foot nine. In a follow-up interview with then-Washington City paper Dave McKenna, uh, Dave, uh, Washington City paper writer Dave McKenna, Burke confirmed the figure, excerpt. But regardless, Burke stands by the height he published for Snyder. He says the five foot nine inch figure came directly from Snyder's lips during an interview, and it didn't seem like he was lying when I stood next to him. 
He didn't seem to be five foot two or four nine, says Burke via email. Burke says he later fact-checked Snyder's claim through Redskins spokesman Tony Wiley, who confirmed that Snyder is indeed five foot nine inches. So Snyder is obviously five nine. And what of Shanahan? Well, media reports have him at the same height. The Post, 2010. Not a tall man at five feet nine. He is compulsive about the smallest components and demanding of perfection in everything. The Hartford Current reports on Belichick and Shanahan. Both are five foot nine, dark haired. What's so weird? What? <laughs> the Chicago Tribune in 1998. When Shanahan was a high school senior, several big colleges showed some interest, but when they learned he was five feet nine inches and 143 pounds, they fled like elephants seeing a mouse. That would make sense. I don't want a lot of five foot nine, 140 guys on my college football. So then team. they keep showing these pictures of Dan Snyder and Mike Shanahan next to each other, and clearly. Shanahan is taller than Dan Snyder by what seems to be a decent amount. Yeah, that's a good that's a good amount. So if he is five nine, I don't know why that I mean, this is a real story. I mean we gotta hit the Gabe drop that somebody's being lied to. <laughs> Somebody is. So is Snyder lying about his height? Well, you'd have to think in his position and that's the thing. Give him some context. That's the thing. Yeah, he might be. So it's a weird deal. And I'm telling you, on my height, I never I ne- and I guess it's a good thing that I never thought about it. Never. So like I would I would try with women who are clearly out of my league. Mm-hmm. And if I would have known that the height thing was a real thing, I would have never done it because I would have been self-conscious about it. Uh-huh. But I didn't know about it until I did a live shot on KMOV with Steve Savard, who is like six, I don't know. Six three. I probably. would think six three, plus yeah. he's like you yeah, know, he's broad shouldered. Yeah. And we're standing next to each other. <laughs> And it just looked like a like like some kind of like skit. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. And then one time, that was like the first time we ever went live. The Cardinals were playing the Braves in the uh, 2000 NLDS. Then I think later that year, so maybe just like a couple weeks later, because this was in 2000, uh, we were in New York City. The Rams had played the Giants. Trent Green, Justin Watson game, not Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk. Both uh, Warner and Falk were hurt, and they beat the eventual NFC champions at Giant Stadium. Um, do you remember that Jackson? You can't, you were two. No, do not remember that, uh, that like kind of as a joke, the photographer like got like a cinder block and had me stand on that next to Savard. And then he panned down to show that I was standing on it. And we were walking through Lambert as we returned home the next day Uh and people were stopping us and telling us that was the greatest thing ever last night. And Savard goes, isn't that amazing? We cover this NFL game. They beat this great team. And the only thing people remember is the stupid cinder block. And I got that should tell us. Tells you a lot about the yeah. industry. No doubt. No doubt. They're in for the pageantry. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to the whole thing, how did we get there? The height thing, you can't do anything about it. I wasn't aware of it. Then when you became aware of it, you become aware of it. But it wasn't that I'm like, okay, it's going to stop me from doing what I want to do. But it, you are aware that women are attracted to tall guys. And I swear to you, I didn't know that. And I'm not like angry about it. Because here's the thing, I can't change what women are attracted to, just like women can't decide what they're attracted to, men can't change what they're attracted to. So when you have like a heavier person saying, I'm beautiful and I know it, well, you're wrong. I mean, you're just not, you're genetically not that way. You can say it all day long. I can say I'm beautiful and I know it. The Mm -hmm. thing is, I know I'm not, and there's nothing I can do about it. So it's just, it's what we are programmed to find attractive. Although, with that said, some people like some things and some people don't like other things. No and I recall one uh, lass who was very aggressive and she just made it very clear. This is a long time ago. We're back in the aughts that she just loved guys with shaved heads. So in that case, my male pat- pattern baldness 
work to my advantage. Mm -hmm. But it is not a trait that if we're going to line up a hundred women, that's what they are going to say. Oh, give me the bald guy. It's just not the way that it works. If we lined up a hundred women and said, here's a guy who's five, nine, here's a guy who's six, two, and assuming their facial features and their BMIs are relatively comparative, they're going to choose the six foot two inch guy. That's the way that it is. And I can't get mad about that because that's how we are predisposed as human beings for survival of the fittest. Do you agree with everything I'm saying or do you disagree? Disagree with me on something, Jackson. I, I think that, I think if a guy is in the five foot eight to six one category, they're kind of, I don't think you'll see a lot of women being like choosing over one or the other. I think it, it's when you get to the six, three, six, four, six, five, where they are going to be doing a lot better with women. Cause that's like, that's like pro yeah, athlete. That's pro athlete. My type. understanding is this, and I'm glad that I hope I never do ever experience. Are you on dating apps? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you probably know where I'm going with this. My understanding is, is that there are some women, I don't know, is there a height filter? Yeah, you can. There is. On, I think Bumble or Hinge, one of the two, you put your height. I think both, actually. You put your height down. You can. They give you the option. And me, I'm going to. Look at you. You're doing well. Because I'm, I'm over oh, six Oh, if you feet. don't put your height on there. Yeah, then I'd be sandbagging myself. Right. There's no point in doing it on that sense. But my understanding is, I don't even know how I saw this. I don't know if it was a story, one of the links you sent me, or maybe it was a Pete day. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But that there was a story about how women filter out guys under six feet tall. Mm. I know that, like, I, I know that, like, guys, the most So common, then guys will lie if yeah. they're 5'10", 5'11", and say they're six feet tall. The most lied about height would be six feet. Absolutely. And then second... Just like when Chase Daniel said he was six foot tall. Well, then everybody said, I don't know. And then any broadcasters, I don't know if he's... Like, if a guy says I'm, he's 5'9", well, I don't know if he's 5'9". It's like, oh, he really is 5'9". No. But yes, that is the lie because of the filter. Yeah, and then the second most lied about would be 5'10". Oh, is that right? The 5'9 to 5'10". Because getting double digits on the 5' foot side. Is, ah. You know what I'm saying? Because wow. the difference between 5'9 and 6' foot is like the difference between 5'11 and 6'. So foot. if I were on a dating app, I would be doomed or even worse. <laughs> doomed or even worse. I think everybody on these dating apps are doomed. They're doomed or even worse? That's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> After I roll through, scroll through for about five minutes, I'm like, boy. What have I come? What's it come to? <laughs> it's not happening. I was in Colombia a year ago, where it was <laughs> free for all. Life, was, a life was easy. Well, now all of those people are married with two kids already. Yeah, it seems to be the the trend. <laughs> I so so I get it. I am not angry about it, mm -hmm. but I think it's important to talk about it as opposed to like it, there's no, nobody should apologize. But I think the thing is, if you are an attractive woman. Like, the more attractive you are, the more picky you can be. Just no like doubt. you're an attractive dude. No doubt. The more picky you can be. So I think when it goes back and then people see me with my wife, then it bothers them. Then attention is called to it. I cannot post a picture of my family without some hilljack. I mean, saying, oh, kicked your coverage. or so, so, And it's just... It's so odd to me that someone would lack the self-awareness that they would actually comment on a person's family picture like I'm just like like a robot, you know, like I'm not like a human being yeah. and this person isn't my wife and this person isn't my son. It's the strangest fucking thing. However, it's been going on long enough, like I said, we're celebrating our 10th wedding anniversary in November, that it's just kind of like you accept it and you just kind of 
you know, if like my, my family is scrolling through pictures and they see these comments and they go, and, and a lot of them don't know, they know what I do, but they don't listen to the show. Yeah. They go, who, who are these people who? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a fun conversation to have. This guy, this is the show. It's a strange, like I had a guy uh, I was playing golf with and, um, and he knows what I do because he used to sell advertising at KFNS back in the day, I mean, a mm -hmm. long time ago. Mm -hmm. And he goes, hey, my cousin listens to your show. And I go, oh, cool. And he goes, no, but he like, He's like really into it though. And I go, yeah. yeah, so there's some people who are really into it. He goes, I know. He goes, but it's, he goes, he's really, really, really into it. Like I'm a little, like I didn't realize that you had people that are that into it. And I go, yeah, there's a, there's a portion of the audience that's really into it. Yeah, sure. And those are the people who I guess just see me as like the host of the show and don't recognize that I'm a human being with a family, just like most other human beings. Yeah. And I'm just a guy that you can just drop by and just like shit on me on my <laughs> on my private Facebook page. Yeah, I guess that I guess that's allowed now. I guess. We're just... But it's standard. I mean, I would like if the Cardinals right now tweet something. Oh. It's just in their best interest not to do it. They can tweet about. They get anything. ratioed like we're in a rain to like fuck you. Yeah, get someone who can pitch. <laughs> Like they can't tweet. Fire Mo. Uh, they it's can't just, tweet anything. Any losing win. team. Any losing any yeah, team that's not in first no place. Point. I don't even know why they do. Why do they do it? Why are they doing it? Because they employ people to tweet. And, oh, you got to. It's like pick your spot. It's just yeah. you cannot win. And then there. What was it? God, there was something yesterday. Like a benign, benign golf tweet. Yeah. You know, I was watching that eight hole playoff. Absolutely riveted by it which yeah. shows where i am now i couldn't watch you couldn't have one. given me a thousand dollars to go to the cardinal game but <laughs> i was riveted you couldn't get me away from harris english and kramer hickok <laughs> who i couldn't have identified you know five hours earlier yeah um in the eight-hole playoff but that's where i am now uh and there's like some benign tweet and like fucking cbs showing the ball rolling into the hole as opposed to homa's reaction and it's just like it, it's like you can't it doesn't matter and it was like what 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 changed for human beings where if a tweet is posted by somebody perceived to be in power or a network mm -hmm. that you have to motherfuck them? Isn't it the strangest damn thing? Yeah, it's the same thing for an artist. If like Rihanna, right? Rihanna right now, she cannot post on Instagram without the first 1,000 comments saying, where is your album? Really? She I'm not aware of this. She cannot post anything on social media without people grilling her about what I just don't. What, what is the deal with this? What is the deal with it? I think it's what just, is the deal with it? We have more connectivity with these entities that were. But then, why would you use the connectivity to be a dick? Oh, because that's like our, the Brooksy thing with Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, like these aren't these aren't like twelve year olds. These no. usually like thirty year old, probably SEC school frat guys. Yeah. What? What the? Like, why is that? Like a like? Yeah. I mean, the guy's off a little bit, Bryson. Mm -hmm. What? He's he's a nerd. But he's a nice guy. He's, from all he's I can whatever. Tell. But I mean, what are we doing screaming at it? Like, what are like, but if, but if, if there was no crowd there and he hit a golf shot and you're just standing there watching him, you probably go, nice shot, Bryson. You sure do hit it far. <laughs> Is it the strength in numbers that like you're anonymous? Sure. That's why I keep saying, if you want to take out celebrities or people in power for what they tweet, can we take out the motherfuckers who, and I guess yeah. that, but then that's what leads to the burner account. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you'll, like I, like you, if you see a Cardinal tweet, usually it's like some like <laughs> screen grab from a cartoon or something. That is their profile. American picture. flag is live. Cross yeah. with the sunset behind it. Yeah, live. It's so rarely. Dog ever. avatar is a monster score. Yeah. It's rarely ever someone with like right. the, the realtor in their title <laughs> their, of their Twitter bio. It is, however, oftentimes God first, father, oh. 
which is a that's an amazing Bible thing. verse. Or yeah, I, the, the the psychoanalysis. Of, like, what is it? Because you got to get out. You think you have a get out of jail free card that you're going to be a fucking dick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they preach some on Sunday and act differently on and Monday. I, yeah, I just, I mean, for the life of me. Yeah, anyway, it's different. Holly Hills Hustler wanted to know about vacation. Yeah. Well, and here we are. Sorry. So, all right, we've answered one question. All right, we did it. We now have 37 minutes to get to three more, or the under will cover. You gotta like your underplay. I think I think it's a strong play. Now, it was it was, a, it was the favorite, but that's you just gotta put a little more action yeah, I mean, on it. You just yeah, gotta put a little it. more action on it. I hate Tim, longtime listener, infrequent emailer, love the show and the fan pin. Wow, <laughs> that's a rare Venn How about diagram. This? Can I share? I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna share everything we talked about on Saturday. New. <laughs> But we got together as a show, uh-huh. uh, me, you, Doug, and Iggy, mm-hmm. played golf, and then we talked a little bit. Yeah. And we sure. talked a little bit is what we did. We talked a little bit. Yeah, pour a little port. <laughs> we did pour a little port. That was nice. I like <laughs> that. I'm now going to... And and I don't even know how it came up. And Doug goes, just get rid of the fan page. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> he goes, what purpose is it serving? And I go, well, I okay, got to understand. Because Doug... Doug's approach on any of the, he just blocks. And yeah. he, but the thing about Doug is he doesn't fucking care. No. I am so jealous of it. As I say on this podcast, at least once a month, I am jealous of how Doug doesn't care. I don't know how I can get there, but I absolutely am jealous as hell about it. Um, and I said, well, it's the same thing. I think somebody asked about getting rid of the fan page a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. or a month ago or whatever. And it in the issues that would come. And again, it's throwing the baby out with the bathwater digressing uh this person says hi tim longtime listener infrequent email i love the show and the fan pin tldr version too long didn't read version a disappointed cardinal fan moving from my home reflects on his cardinal fandom and can't help but feel uninspired apathetic and driven to hate watch follow uh the team said fan thinks it's time to spend money time and brain bites elsewhere Now, here's the long version. I'm moving to Montgomery, Alabama on Monday after three years in Belleville for military duty at Scott Air Force Base. Reflecting on the last few years and my experience as a Cardinal fan, part of who I am, having grown up in Southern Illinois, and feel compelled to share my thoughts with an opinion leader like yourself. Oh, I like that. I like that more than an influencer. Opinion leader. I'm a grown-ass man with a family, a mortgage, and a car payment. I do well for myself, and our economy is booming. Oh, that'll be controversial with a portion of the audience. But I, as an adult, I can't help but think about where and how I spend my money. Given how unexciting the Cardinals' on-field product has been the last few years, I'm choosing not to buy tickets to attend one last game at Bush. I can't argue the Cardinals haven't invested in the roster or the stadium, but the on-field product, outside of personal favorite Wainwright, is uninspiring, dull, and so buttoned up. I don't need home runs in 11-10 games. Rather, I'm okay with sound pitching, tight defense, and timely hitting. Right now, those fundamentals sure are lacking. I spend money on entertainment. I want to be excited or have some thrill or suspense built in. Darn it. Where has the electricity gone? I guess I'm really hung up on what I believe to be frequent failure of fundamentals based on balls or bases. I mean, bases on balls, bases on balls, failure to make contact, throwing errors, running the same pitching staff or lineup out there and getting consistently underwhelming results. Sure, I'm disgruntled only seeing the negatives, but man, there are sure a whole lot of them recently and in various periods the last few seasons. By the way, this email um, was sent before the Pirates series. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. Further reinforce that. <laughs> so as I reflect on my life and how I spend my time as I embark on a new journey, I can't help but think I should consider my own fundamentals, where and how I spend my time, money, energy, and free time. 
I suppose I'm disappointed and sad that I now realize the Cardinals for the first time in my life because of both of where I am in life and performance aren't worthy of those things. Cheers. That comes from Mark Graff. He gave his whole name. How about that? Uh, Action Jackson, uh, your thoughts. Uh, well, Mark, thank you for the email and thank you for your service as country. Um, I think that, yeah, I think you have a lot of good statements there about, you know, being more thought out about what you're doing with your time and your money and what you choose for entertainment. To me, going to a Cardinal game isn't always about the product on the field sometimes. I mean, if you're going with friends, it's great to just have a few beers, have something to eat and hang out. And then the baseball game is kind of background stuff. Uh, but I do understand that that's the expensive ticket to just kind of hang out that you could do at a bar or even your own house. As far as the Cardinals on the field, I think they've invested in a lot of guys who ceilings, you know, the few seasons or half seasons or even just like a three-week stretch of their ceilings are good, but they have never shown consistency. Uh, the young talent that they can bring up from Memphis is minimal, but the ones they have brought up, I mean, Newpar and Carlson and Oviedo are, Oviedo's just not ready yet. I think he's going to be really good, but he's not ready. And um, I think as Cardinal fans, and it's not anything new that anyone's saying, but we have been spoiled for years where the team kind of is sputtering and you rarely ever see a team sputter for this long and look this bad. You know, there might be games where they lose 5-4, but the Cardinals are losing often 8-2, I've noticed. A lot of eight to two final scores recently. Yeah, there are. That's uh, weird. It is weird, but um, I think we're just finally kind of like, okay, this is a down year. As of right now, it's still June, but it's the end of June, and they're not playing well at all. They are only a couple games behind five hundred, but it's just not. They're not always going to be amazing or even competitive. So you sometimes just got to understand that they got a lot of dead money on the team. Um, and the pitching staff is riddled with injuries. So that this is kind of going to be what's going to happen when you have that storm all mixed together. Uh, so I understand what you're saying about not spending money on that. I respect that. I mean, it's your money. Do it as you please. Amen. But, but also understand that, like, sometimes this happens with all sports teams. Shit, not every, you know, not every, even the great sports teams of every sport sometimes go through a year or two where it just doesn't work out. And you reset and then come back next year. That's, Here, a, that's my thoughts. Here's, here's what I think is, is one of the biggest issues for Cardinal fans, and I could be off on this. I think, and I don't know, and I don't have an answer to why. We're having a lot of master's theses today. Mm -hmm. sure for St. Louis, I've, I've oftentimes made the comparison with St. Louis and Green Bay. St. Louis and baseball, Green Bay and football. Um, but football is still incredibly popular. Mm -hmm. St. Louisans have identified with baseball for a long time. It really is, is more of a 1980s and then late 90s phenomenon, mid-90s and then late 90s, and then every year since. It has been the, the fact that, like, if you, know, if you travel outside of St. Louis to a bigger city and you go, yeah, we have the best fans of baseball, they go, what the fuck? Who cares? You know, mm -hmm. that's like a badge of honor here. Mm -hmm. But it's still, who the fuck cares? It's like, yeah. You know, if you don't have a whole lot going on, then you, then you, then you, have, you know, Green Bay's title town. So, I think what some people are actually coming to terms with is not the Cardinals being a bad baseball team. I think what people are actually struggling with, they don't know they're struggling with, and they're falling out of love with the game of baseball. 
That's what I think is going on. Hmm. That's what I, now I'm not saying everybody. There are still people who are yeah. absolutely passionate about it. Don't get me wrong. This is not an everybody. Rarely can it be an everybody or a nobody or whatever. But that I think is what a lot of this is about because even though I will be the first to say the 2019 team being four wins away from the World Series is up there with the 1996 team being one win away from the World Series as far as surprises for caliber of rosters accomplishments. In other words, the Cardinals got to their ceiling in 2019. It was the last time there was a full Major League Baseball season. The Cardinals were in the NLCS and Mike Schilt was a manager of the year. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are facts, yeah. whether one likes them or not. And again, I want to reemphasize, kind of like 2015, they had a great starting pitching staff, but that wasn't as good of a 100-win team as 2005 or the 105-win team of 2004 or 100-win team like 85. I've seen them. I followed them very closely. I, I speak with a great deal of confidence on that. So the anger toward the organization right now, which I would actually say, God, it's comparable to where it was pre-Arenado trade. I think a lot of it is about people going, it's a boring product, it's a boring product, it's a boring product, because they think it's a cardinal boring product. It's a game boring product. But I don't think the game has changed as much as people are saying it has changed. It has in the sense that you do have the three outcomes. You know, I get that. Mathematically, that has increased as far as like everybody's swinging for home runs and guys can strike out a billion times and wow. still be considered an all-star and then uh -huh. you have a walk. And you have the swings and misses and specialized pitchers and more pitchers, so they're better because the hitters are dealing with new pitchers. And I get that. But I think, I think, this is a total theory. I haven't even discussed it anywhere. Mm -hmm. I think what is going on is the American sports psyche is moving away from the enjoyment of the leisurely paced activity that is baseball yeah. to... For example, I think I've said this to you before, Jackson. By, by the way, we have reached the point where clouds will begin forming in the studio and pouring rain because the humidity in our studio is... I thought it was fixed. No, I, I've been sweating in here for for, for weeks. <laughs> I've never felt it ever. Again. But when we did the sound store, I usually apologize to people. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. And Ed had the wonderful pants on. So yeah. I know he and had, he had a change, yeah, change of pants, too. <laughs> he, had wardrobe yeah, he, was, he was prepared for the studio. Yeah. I just heard a click. Are we still on? Yep. Just on the auction. Okay. The NCAA tournament. Now, I know you love it mm -hmm. because you believe Conzo is bringing Missouri a national championship in nine months. Just got to think possibly. <laughs> and I get it. that. And, I, you know, I know a lot of people share that, that vision with you mm -hmm. on Tiger Board. <laughs> but realistically, for... I think a lot of people, the NCAA tournament and college basketball, they fed off each other for March Madness because people couldn't wait for the rush of their synapses firing of having all of these bets coming in at once. Mm -hmm. And, oh, they're going to switch to this game. Well, now you can watch any game anytime. Granted, it's on random networks, whatever. Mm -hmm. So that, that, titillation that only would come really on mainly that Thursday and Friday, the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, is now replicated because you can watch basically whatever sporting activity you want. Secondarily, with gambling, and that's what I think is probably the bigger thing. Yeah, more so than the... Uh, than yeah, because you could watch games, but now you can watch and every... You can bet on everything. Mm -hmm. So even if my DraftKings team is out, 
I can still put another DraftKings team together for the day, yep. for that Sunday. Or, shit, if that one doesn't work out, I can, like, the last 12 guys that are teeing off, I can... My premise is this. The stimulation of a baseball season is now running counter to the way most Americans, in particular younger Americans, but most Americans consume sports as a form of entertainment. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore... The Cardinal product, which is absolutely bad, yeah, but I it know. is less than two years removed away from having Adam Wainwright against Max Scherzer on the mound on a Saturday afternoon on October, game two of the NLCS at Bush Stadium with the Cardinals' home field advantage and the yeah. favorites to win the series, um, you know, against the eventual world champion. That was, that was, that was 18 months ago. It was 20 months ago. I mean, uh -huh. that, that's just, again, doesn't mean that that team was a great team and they should have won. They were a average team that I'm sure the Atlanta Braves are going, how in the fuck did we lose to these guys? But either way, they were there. The anger, I think, is misdirected in the sense that I get people being frustrated with the front office. If you're going to be frustrated with Mike Schultz, like, okay, the dude was a manager of the year the last time there was a full season. I mean, yeah. was he good then and bad now? Did he lose it now? Yeah. I get the front office frustration. I get all that. But the, again, they were I, at the playoffs thing last year. I just, whatever. I, it's kind of like going to a bowl. Everybody was in and who mm -hmm. gives a shit. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's people going, holy shit. I don't really care about this anymore and I'm bored by it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of articles and stories written about how can they can fix baseball. Now, don't get me wrong. People have been talking about that before, but those aren't limited to St. Louis. This is across the game. Baseball is at a crisis point. Yeah, and I think when you that. say that in St. Louis, people take that as a personal affront because some people identify the city, the region, with baseball. Well, it's not. This can be baseball in New York. This can be baseball in Boston. This can be baseball in Dodger Stadium where they always have three-plus million people. Take your pick. I just think, I think baseball is in trouble, and I don't think it's necessarily fixable. And you can point to, oh, this is great that Fernando Tatis Jr. skips around third base. At the, who fucking cares? Mm -hmm. Like, so what are we going to like? Like the Cardinals, if Paul Goldschmidt, you know, starts talking, <laughs> yeah, takes a selfie and actually does a sound bite that you want to use? Yeah. It's not, it's just, it's the game. Yeah. They, this team traded, had the best acquisition of the offseason. Yeah. No without point. question. So are we going to do the DeWallet thing? Are we yeah. still going to do that? Because two years before that, they they had one of the best acquisitions of the offseason when they got Goldschmidt. Yeah. You know, they traded for Marcelo Zuna. I know it didn't work out, but they did trade for Marcelo Zuna. And they acquired Goldschmidt. And then they traded for Nolan Arenado. They got a problem with evaluating talent. And they also probably have a bigger problem as far as free agents because most free agents who are in their 20s who you're going to want to actually sign aren't going to want to live in St. Louis. It's just the way that it is, that we can't do anything about that. If you do run across a guy like Paul Goldschmidt, and this city is perfect for Paul Goldschmidt, or Nolan Arenado, because they live for baseball, or in the case of Goldschmidt, he lives to not be bothered. Yep. That's who he is. And by the way, I totally understand and love it. God bless him. He's a great guy. It's not like he's a bad guy at all. No. Sometimes you deal with guys who are assholes. He's, a, he's an A-plus human being. He just It's like he apologizes when we will do interviews. Like, sorry, I can't really give you what you want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's not because he doesn't want to. It's, no. it's who he is. Yeah. He loves the game of baseball, but he's in his 30s with a family. If you're 25 and, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr., St. Louis probably isn't the place for it. It's just kind of the way it is. 
Jack Flaherty probably isn't going to sign long-term in St. Louis. That probably wasn't going to happen anyway. Attacking him if you are a bigot on social media doesn't help the cause either. Not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. But the game, taking it out of the St. Louis-centric viewpoint, the game, I think, I think people are looking at it and going, man, I'm just, I'm kind of bored by it. Or the Cardinals are boring. I am telling you that I think subconsciously, not like it's intentional, but I think just over the last few years, because there's so many ways to be entertained by sports. And if you flip from a baseball game to a Stanley Cup playoff game or your son's clip show, you go, oh my God, what was I what was I doing watching that? It's a stark difference. Yeah. Yeah. As far as energy and pace. And whether I love long-form interviews, and I still do, uh-huh. I recognize completely, and I'm fine with it, because things change. It's just the way that it is, and it's totally cool. You can't fight, I mean, you can fight it. You're going to come up on the losing side of it. That the, the, the younger people, that's not how they, that the younger people don't usually sit down for like an hour-long interview. You got nailed it right in the head there. My generation has been hooked on these 30-second highlights. Right. right. That inst- go post on Instagram and Basketball, football, hockey are all full of 30-second highlights. That's what it is. There is an opportunity for maybe one every week for baseball. Not, that's that's wrong. And it's, it's Ryan because Tatis hit, yeah, his, his play on Molina. Yeah. Tatis hit three home runs in a game, and he skipped, and it was great to show that he's not yeah. your dad's baseball player, whatever. And but that's, like, that's one 30-second highlight. And it's home run, and it's all oh, it is. It's home runs or a ridiculous defensive play that yeah. couldn't have been made against any other person playing professional. I'm talking about <laughs> a, a ball yeah. to major league. I might have been able to beat that yes. throw out. I mean, that's just, that's Yadier Molina, and, and it was a great play. Don't get me wrong. It could have yeah. been Arenado, who's sick. Yeah. But if it's anybody else running, he's not going to get him. Premise being, it's over, I think. That's what I think. Because there's nothing they can do. I mean, baseball is is inherently a slow-paced game. You can't, like, magically... So, so when they talk about changing, now you're going to change it. So when I say it's over, it doesn't mean it's going to end next year. No, I'm just saying the trajectory, sell. That's what I'm saying. It's a stock, sell. Yeah. But I know in St. Louis, that won't play well. So the highlight of my comment, well, Tim said it's over for baseball. I'm saying this, it has peaked. I would imagine people would agree with that. That's my premise. It's like when I say I'd buy stock in St. Louis. People, Tim said I'd buy stock in St. Louis. Well, I'd buy stock in St. Louis like I'd buy stock in Vince Whaley at 6400 on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Value. Yes, it's a value play. Mm-hmm. It's about at its lowest rate, so yeah. I'll buy it up right now like I'm DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street. You know, well, That's my premise because I think it's going to go up. Would I buy stock in Austin? Now it's probably overpriced right now. Exactly. Would I buy stock in Nashville? Probably overpriced right now. What do I think for the next decade of Austin, St. Louis, and Nashville? I think Austin and Nashville are going to have a better decade. But I think St. Louis is the better buy because of its pricing yeah. to explain my reasoning on the St. Louis stock thing. Same with baseball. It will still have value. It'll still be one of the four major sports for the next decade in the United States. But as far as the game, they're going to spin their wheels just like kind of try to put a short-term fix like they did with the All-Star game. Why'd they do that? You were too young to remember that clusterfuck because it ended in a tie. So then Fox was pissed that, oh my God, our All-Star game that we pay all these rights for, now they didn't present it that way, we're going to have the All-Star game determine home field advantage. Why can't the best record in the fucking game determine home field advantage? So the Cardinals win 105 games and they have home field advantage as opposed to the Red Sox wildcard team in 2004. Well, the American League won the All-Star game. Well, we can't have it that way for travel. What the fuck are you talking about? Because now the team with the best record in baseball has home field advantage, assuming they win. That was all bullshit all along, and it was for TV. And I get it, but it was a Band-Aid on a wound. 
The All-Star game doesn't matter like it did in the 1970s and 60s and 80s even. Why? Because there's interleague play and free agency, and so you see these motherfuckers all the time. It doesn't matter. For me, it was a huge deal in 1984 to see, you know, Alan Trammell, you know. But by now, it's like, oh, shit, the Cardinals might have an interleague. They just played the Tigers last week. Nobody gave a shit. It feels like any all-star game in any sport now is irrelevant. Right. Like the and part Pro of that is because you be get more. to see everybody. Yeah. Everybody plays everybody, and there's free agency. And so guys that were playing for one team, like in the 70s, a player is associated with an organization. Uh-huh. And so it was a big deal. But that's yeah. not the way that it is, which is, again, it's fine. But you can't stop it. Change comes surging down the hill, and you can't stop it, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's where baseball is. And you can pick your ratings here and there, the games. It ain't going to work. If, if baseball ran into where I think the NBA is heading, which is Phoenix. Now, I know you're excited about Phoenix. Mm. I think you are anyway. Absolutely. Phoenix against, Milwaukee. I guess, Milwaukee. Yeah, that'd be your most likely play. Okay, so let's say you had in baseball. I don't even. I don't even know who the hell's in first place anywhere. Um, Dodgers or Giants? Yeah, I know, but if it's got to be, and, okay. and it can't be the Padres because yeah, the can't be the thing. White Sox. So it's got to be like kind of a random. Like let's say it's the Brewers against. I know it can't be the Diamondbacks, but the Brewers against the A's. Yeah, let's say. Okay. Oh my God! Yeah, that's not. It's not it's, yeah, I hear. You see saying. what I'm saying? Yeah. But for the NBA, it's going to be fine because you got Giannis. Yeah, and you got, and you got Booker and Chris Paul. And, yeah, yeah, you got the CP3 factor. Yep. So it's fine, and that it's listen, it just changes. And so, in a way, I was talking about this with my wife. Actually, lucky her. What <laughs> 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 a fucking turn on. Oh, she's been walking. I mean, when we're walking around, I get congratulated on my hole in one. Really? Like I won. The U.S. Senate. Really? It, it's unbelievable. And I'm telling you, the person who's the least excited about it is the one who, well, ideally I would share a bed with, except I've been relegated to the couch in the basement by my son. My son's cucking me. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the woman who I should be sharing a bed with is the least excited about my hole-in-one. I'm kind of on the lower end of the excitement yeah. on my hole-in-one. It's probably dwindling by the day. I mean, I'm thrilled that I got it, but I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a decent player. I'd like to think I'm going to have more, but fuck, I don't know. But yes, it's flattering that people are excited. But she's with me when people will come up to me and congratulate me on the hole-in-one. Hey, I know you're like, having a sandwich right <laughs> now, but I'd really like to say congrats on that hole-in-one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's really lucky yeah. because obviously I'm much better looking and yeah. I got a hole in one, and I'll give her my thoughts on the state of baseball. Yeah. I mean, holy shit! <laughs> uh, so what I said to her, I mean, she must just be. She probably is wearing AirPods. It can suck constantly. But what I said to her is, I said, I, I mean, I chose. I, first off, in the '90s when I was at the University of Missouri, '98 at KMU, all I wanted to do was work in St. Louis to cover the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. That was my goal. Brian Nooner, who was the sports director at KOMU, who was then became Chris Gervino, who was just recently retired. Who is the sports director at KOMU now? You might know this. No? I have people who would know it. My yeah. friends of mine who would know it, but I, I don't know it. But the point, point being, it's kind of a, I mean, again, for Columbia, it's a, it's a, it's a big job because you got the Missouri Athletics. No doubt. But anyway, um, he's just like, we all think you're going to be able to do really well, but we're worried you're never going to take a job unless it's St. Louis. Like you're not going to be able to go from Columbia to St. Louis. And at that time you couldn't go Columbia to St. Louis. Now you can Mm -hmm. games change. He goes, so you're going to have to take it. I go, I get that. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But my whole reason for wanting to go to St. Louis, because I would love the Cardinals. It wasn't the blues. It wasn't the Rams. It was the Cardinals. 
I didn't go to New York City in part because I loved the Cardinals in 2007. It isn't there anymore. Yeah. It isn't there anymore. And I'm not sad about it. I just don't think I, it, it, it's, it's like, okay, it was a, we had a great relationship Yeah, and I'm glad we had it, but it just didn't there anymore. And I'm not going to force you to stay in the relationship. I don't want to be in it either. So it's cool. You know, it's over. So that's how I look at it. And I don't know what to tell you. I, and again, I know saying that in St. Louis is blasphemy. I, in the playoffs, I'll still get into it. It's the, the, the game we have been programmed and it programmed makes it sound like there's like, you know, somebody doing it. It's just the way that the world has evolved or devolved depending on your perspective. But like you just said, Jackson, for your generation, I see it. It's clip. It's clips, yeah, you know, and clips. I get it. I totally get it that baseball doesn't lend itself to that. And nope. you can only show like a ball going over a wall. Isn't all that exciting. No, it's not. It's and really that's everything not. it's focused on. Yeah. So it seems like you're having a more of an indictment on the game of major 100%. league baseball than the Cardinals yes. itself. Well, I, I'm, my premise is this, a lot of Cardinal fans are angry right now. Sure. But my theory on the anger of Cardinal fans isn't directed because I, I don't know who it would be directed at. I guess it's John Mazalock because yeah. three years ago it was Mike Matheny. Yep. Okay. I remember that. <laughs> I did an interview with Mike Matheny for the podcast. Uh, I think it was 2018. He lost his job in 2018 because they went to the NLCS yeah. in 2019. Yep. And Matheny, I mean, it was on video. And Matheny basically was like kind of resigned to his fate. I mean, it's still up on, I'm sure it's still up on Inside STL. So, well, I know what can happen to him. You know, I recognize that. He, like, he knew he was a dead man walking unless they went off. Yep. He knew the situation. Yep. He was fine with it. But that was the year that I had somebody who's kind of in the game of baseball say he's going to get fired because the roster is fucking terrible. Yeah. But people weren't saying to fire Mazel. Most people were. Some people were to fire Mazalock. Now it's Mazalock, I guess. But what I'm telling you is this. For those of you who are angry about the Cardinals, and let's say they did fire John Mazalock, which I will bet you they will not fire John Mazalock, by the way, but just for the, and not in the near term. No. I think it's Jeff Albert, Michael Gersh, maybe Mike Maddox, then you might get to John Mazalek. But that's the order of the whacking here on your Soprano season. Yeah. Um, that you're still in two years going to go, boy, this Cardinal team's boring because the game isn't what you are now programmed to enjoy. Mm -hmm. I kind of fell out of love with it before that. But for me, I grew up on kind of the DraftKings heroine that was unique to being in St. Louis in the 1980s. I grew up on stolen bases. Mm -hmm. I miss that. I actually think for baseball, that might be the one solution they could possibly come up with if a team could emerge like the 80s Cardinals did that won without guys focusing on their launch angle yeah, and being shitty ball. yeah, and hitting 214 but having 20 home runs. I just don't know if the ballparks lend themselves to that. And then statistically, it might be negative EV to have guys steal bases and then get picked off and then get, lose runners at second base. And then you do still have a power hitter. And then they're going, well, fuck, our leadoff man just got picked off. And now I can't get my RBIs. And we ran ourselves out of an inning. Mm. But that's what I grew up on. And I loved it. And I, I love, listen, man, even in 2019, when I think it was Molina hit a ball right over the outstretched arm of Freddie Freeman, I happened to be sitting right by where that was in game four. I was up out of my seat. And I remember being stunned by how excited I was by it. I'm like, oh, I still got it. I still have like the excitement, yeah. but that's what it took. Yeah. You know, you're on your deathbed in the season down two one. I think that was either the seventh or eighth inning. You know, that's what it took. You now have 162 of these. Mm -hmm. They're accessible every night. So they're, they're not special like they were. Yeah. Um, 
the teams, there's nothing. I mean, who who from the Diamondbacks can you name, much less be excited about seeing play? Okay, that's who they're playing tonight. I don't know the name of the gentleman pitching. I know the Cardinals are trotting out Wade LeBlanc, who was a member of the Baltimore Orioles two weeks ago. He's starting for them. Yeah. That's where it is. We circle Adam Wainwright starts now like he's, you know, Jack Flaherty of 2019, when in reality the guy I think was leaning toward playing golf this year up until a few months <laughs> yeah, ago. Seriously. You know, and that poor motherfucker has to try his curveball out in Colorado Thursday. Oh, so boy. that probably ain't going to go real. Maybe it will work. I don't know. Yeah. But that's, that's what he's got. Oh, so man. that's the situation. So I'm t- so listen, it's not, it's, I'm not trying to rights holder you and take, take your eye off the ball on the Cardinals. Yeah. I'm trying to point out what I think is the overall issue for baseball, which is it just doesn't work anymore for younger people. And if you're in a market where you have, like, I, I assure you, they aren't too concerned about the Brewers being in first place in Milwaukee right now. No. And they couldn't give a damn that the Diamondbacks stopped their road winning or losing streak at 24 over the weekend against San Diego no. because they're a win away from going to the NBA Finals for the first time in 1993. Yeah. And I doubt they're really focused on the Ning in Tampa, or excuse me, the Rays in Tampa because they got the Ning. Yeah. And that's just kind of the way things work. Yeah. The Dodgers got their World Series. There's World Championship for the first time since 88, even though it was done in a warehouse in Texas that's a new ballpark. Yeah. That's a that's a deep dive in and of itself. Yeah. What the hell that is. That's weird. Uh and 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 now I guess you got the Cleveland Indians, who I guess won't be the Cleveland Indians in a year or two. And everybody else has kind of gotten their championship, and there really isn't a storyline either for baseball. Yeah, there's and not much. To, so you you look at Fernando Tatis skip around third base and look, he's gonna bat flip. Man, the young people love that. No, they don't. And you can't change it. You can't change it. Yeah. So I think what fan, when fans are really frustrated with the Cardinals right now, I think for some of them more than they're aware of, because I've looked inside of myself to go, why don't I fucking care? No, no. On top of it, I was watching the Cardinals and Pirates last like Thursday or Friday night. Must have been Thursday because there's a sound clip of me on Friday saying, I don't know why I was watching it, but I was. I don't even want to watch it. No, I. I don't want to watch. You were at that game, and you you said you were tempted to leave before the Cardinals came up to I hit. wasn't going to miss tip-off, so couldn't. no chance. I, there's one Cardinal game I'm looking forward to, and it's when I take my son to his first Cardinal game. The thing that kind of scares me about it is I'm worried he's going to be bored out of his mind, and this thing that I've been looking forward to since, like, 1985 is going to just be an absolute yeah. disaster. I hear you on you that. Know? I hear you on that. So I'm a little worried about it. Um you know, but I want to take, I'm like, I'm going to wait till he's five. I was five when I went, I'm going to wait till he's five. That's my thought process. And now I'm kind of like, I don't even know he cares, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like, where's Patty Maroon? Where's Patty Maroon? You know, he's looking for, you know, and, and he's why he's watching. He goes, where's Giannis? We're right, you know, right. And that's where he is. Yeah. And I would imagine in a few years, he's probably going to be watching, Soccer. you know, EPL mm-hmm. on Saturday mornings. I mean, that's just kind of the way that it is. Mm-hmm. So I think for people in their 30s and 40s and maybe to an extent 50s, but maybe 20s, 30s, and 40s more so, who are on social media more than people in their 50s and 60s and 70s, they're actually going, why am I so bored by this? It must be the product you're putting on the field, when in reality it's the game. Mm-hmm. Now, the product's bad. Yeah, product's yeah, fucking terrible. No arguing that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I'm saying that the game has bored people. That's the issue. All right, we have six minutes left, and we've answered two questions. I can't. I can't cover this over for the life of me. The under, you know, people might be scared because of the because the, the number's so low. But it's like, by the way, another thing on baseball. I don't look to bet it. Maybe I should. 
because all I do is I just bet long shots on golf and play DraftKings. It's the only shit I mess with. But I've yeah. been hitting, as we discovered last week, sometimes not even realizing I'm yeah. winning. But uh, is, it not, is it not clear to everybody that these guys are just kind of fucking mailing it in when they play double headers? The score is one nothing or 2-1, to one, and oh, then they yeah. get it knocked out. It's a lock. Yeah. So what are the over-unders in these things? I are Because if Vegas isn't setting it to like four and a half, they're getting murdered. Yeah. For anybody paying attention, they just... We're like, oh, we got to play 14 innings of this shit. Yeah. You know, let's just get it done. And I think everybody kind of has an agreement that we're not taking pitches. We're going up there and we're going to knock this thing out. Yeah. For game one of these seven inning double headers, ship it. It's going under. Yeah. But I don't know what, I mean, assuming they don't set the total at like two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be. And I would always say it. And Doug gets really irritated when I would say it. And like Edmonds now will text me about it because I've called attention to it, even though he used to play in him. I go, when the Cardinals have a Thursday, but it's really the Mets, the teams on the coast even more so, when they have a Thursday or Wednesday getaway day afternoon game, they just, I mean, it's just, they just mail it in. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell you. They just do. Yeah. I, I don't think that they like want to like lose by any chance, but they want to get it done yes, quickly. Absolutely. That's the premise. So it's a different game. I'm sure Las Vegas is adjusted to it, but it's just like we can't talk about it. But it's, you know. But it's a real thing. Well, That's, now, it's the same thing. I was watching Kepka and Johnson because I had a lot of them on DraftKings this week. And I was watching them fuck around in uh, Hartford this past Thursday. And I'm going, I was texting with the Wizard. I go, what can the tour do about it? These guys clearly are just, like, disinterested. Yeah. And then they both went batshit on Friday. And he goes, I am certain they bet amongst each other. And it turns oh, out yeah. Kepka did when with he pulled out. Yeah. He won $1,000. And he, like, JT. mouthed Justin Thomas at the camera. <laughs> yep. He sure did. Yeah, that was awesome. So that's how they motivate themselves. They yeah. gamble. Quick aside on baseball. What do we got? Could there be a possible, if they shorten the season, if if instead of 162, because that is, like you said, like Thursday games are useless. I actually think that might be their only hope. Because that will lose the problem with that is that right there, exactly. Yeah. That anytime you're put, putting something on the table, look at how it impacts revenue. So now you've reduced revenue. Yeah. So that's a problem. And then secondarily, for the people who don't think about revenue, uh, they'll go, well, what about the numbers? The numbers are the yeah. tie that binds, yeah. you know, uh -huh. generations, even though, yeah, you know, they're so take different. your pick of whatever reason why this decade was different than this decade, yeah, you know, exactly. whether it be racism or the pitcher's mound or steroids yeah, or whatever a it was. different variables. Right, but, exactly. But, I mean, players have said it, too. They're like, if we played 80 games, oh, it would be a much it, more interesting more project. Important. Yeah, it would it'd be a more interesting project. And then, and I, I think, like last year, like the Car I, it's like, oh, yeah, the Cardinals were in the playoffs. I can, I bet Jackson for real, and it's not something I'm necessarily saying as a brag. It's kind of like I've got a problem that I could go from every series since 1982 the Cardinals have played in mm -hmm. until they lost to the, I guess I could do last year's too if we want to count that, that they lost 2-1 to the, the Padres. And not only tell you who they played, but the number of games they either won or lost the series in. Okay, because I'm so emotionally invested in it, which yeah, is just exactly bizarre world uh -huh. that I could do that. I'm not, again, I'm not like, hey, look at me. It's like, okay, you got a problem. But... As far as now with baseball, it's like everybody's getting in. They're doing that in the NFL. The thing that I used to say about hockey, why I couldn't get into the regular season way back when, when four of the five teams in the Norris division would get in, be like, well, who, what does it matter? Like, they're playing these 82 games, but it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, you're the fourth seat. Okay, you're playing the one seat in the Norris division. If you beat them, then you're playing the two or three. It's like, who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. But you're not going to cut back on games because then you're going to cut back on attendance and television revenue. And, and so they're not going to do it. And players want to lose their salaries and yeah. owners want to lose their, I mean, so it's. There's nothing that 
that would point to it, but I think that would improve if they play. I agree with you. If on they that. played every other day as opposed to every day, I even think that would change things. I up. agree, and if I, I think to, for me anyway, the thing that was so exciting about winning a division in eighty two, wow. eighty five, and eighty seven is it meant you were a series away from playing for the World Series. But for my dad, for example, when you used to win the division, yeah, you were in the World Series. Yeah, you won the pennant. I mean, yeah. You won the pennant. Exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So now it's just like, and I get it, but people loved interleague play. Now do people like it? I think they might just be saying that they still do just because they were on board then and don't want to say, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's lost its significance. It doesn't matter. Well, it always seems like the Cardinals play like Cleveland and Minnesota Detroit. and Detroit. Right. If we got the Yankees up in here, Red Sox again. Sure. Different story. But it's just, it's Angels. the same. I mean, look, it took Albert Pools to last what, yeah, two years seriously. ago for him to be here. Uh, I'd like to talk about Seth Goldcamp. My God, I, the, the number of DMs and emails I've received, I probably have one sitting right here right now. Um, with people with air conditioning going out, uh, it has been crazy. So I guess there is a lot of that right now. Make sure that if you're having any issues, well, you can DM me, you can e- email me, Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Uh, but you're working with Design Air Heating and Cooling online at DesignAirService.com. They're the best. Seth Goldcamp and his staff really, truly are the best. I've worked with them. Uh, and also uh, Jackson's parents have worked with them. And also, Doug has worked with them. We will continue to work with them. They're the absolute best. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling, the official HVAC provider of the Tim McKernan Show. With all the rain in the forecast and all of the rain that we have had, if you are having any issues whatsoever with waterproofing, holy moly, make sure that you are working with Jim Rogers of Restoration One. Restoration One of Central St. Louis, 314-565-1962. That's 314-565-1962. Jim Rogers took care of us when we had waterproofing issues. Uh, he was over right away. He dries it out. And then he's got some kind of, I don't even know what the hell he calls the things. All I know is they dry things out to make sure you don't have mold in your basement. And that is a big problem if you do. 314-565-1962. 314-565-1962. It's Restoration One of Central St. Louis. And James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. 314-961-4800 to go online at Carlton Insurance. Net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. Boy, Jackson, how do you do it? I mean, it is, I'm pers- I'm literally, there's perspiration coming off of me. Yeah, you know, tough situations. I just, you know. I'm you just, grind through it. You're a grinder. I'm a warrior. You're 12 over. It doesn't matter. You're still going to battle. doesn't you're gonna, matter at all. You're going to battle for that double bogey. It's, it's just all grit. It's born gritty. So. <laughs> <Cut> that off. <laughs> yeah, that could be a t-shirt. Born scrappy. Born scrappy. You make scrappy. it red and white and sell the hell out of them. Yeah. Uh, James Carlton is in Webster Groves. He's my insurance agent. He is absolutely the best. 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. Uh, my guy from Munganast has not texted me yet. So guess what that means? We're doing another one? I'm going to, I'm going to go one more. You are so pissed about that. Do you have to piss? No. Wow. Have you even like taken like this thing that has been advertised? <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> I've gotten so good at holding it that... Because this is tra- this show trains your bladder. It's unbelievable. This show works your prostate over. Yeah, this, this and TMA when we go to like 8.30 for the oh, yeah, o'clock I guess hour. Now, Iggy just gets up and leaves, but it doesn't yeah. matter. You I, I could, but uh, I just... I, I just <laughs> you know we'd call you on it. Better if I stay around. Yeah, <laughs> it's better for my psyche. Uh, this will be a quick one. Tim, I posted a question, but either way, the under is covered. It doesn't change. Yeah, the under is covered. covered. Tim, I posted a question on the fan page a while back for QFDA with regards to your six answer, but didn't listen to the podcast. Did you get a chance to answer? Well, fuck. Hey. What? I don't know what the, I don't know what the, uh, if so, I apologize. Well, like I'm just, I don't know if I answered it. I don't know. I mean, what what's even was the question? I don't know. I thought it was a reference to Jim on the office. Oh, but if you, okay. oh like yeah. the six thing. Yeah. 
If you guys thought it was from the six is a serious number promo from back in the day, thanks in advance for fielding an asinine question regards Kevin. I don't know if I answered it. I'm happy to answer it again. Um, it's, it, it, it's born out of sports talk radio guys always acting like they have the answers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a joke that's basically for me because clearly the audience doesn't know what no. it is. It has nothing to do with Jim from the office. What did Jim from the office say about six? Did he do something with six? Yeah, I can't remember. And it has nothing did. to do with the six is a serious number thing. That's That would be interesting that, if it that, was. That is absolutely not my bag. Uh, no, it's just, you know, like I remember that one of the first shows I did was working with Rich Gould, which is amazing. Fun fact for no one tell. My first co-hosts were Rich Gould and Jay Randolph Jr. Wow. But I was the new guy. I was the 24-year-old, maybe 25, um, when I started with them. And I remember Rich going, Junior, never let on to the audience that you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and another guy said, you know, if somebody asks you, because you would take calls, uh -huh. so you don't know what the fuck you're going to get. So uh said, if somebody asks you something you don't know, answer something that you do know. And now I see presidential candidates and vice presidential candidates oh, employing yeah. the exact strategy. Stick to your talking points. Absolutely. You're asked a question, you just absolutely do not answer it, but then you talk about what it is that you want to talk about. So mm -hmm. that is where uh, six uh, came from. Uh, so you can get one more in. I got, is it, hey, still, hold on, I got a text. It is, there it is. Wow, right. what are the chances? This guy's on point. I mean, uh, literally. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, boy, Munganass doesn't mess around, do they? Um, there it is. QFTA. So what did we wind up with? Three? Three. We did three, but we talked about probably 20 different topics. <laughs> so uh, You always ask me, what do I want to call it? What do we want to call this? Well, let's do this on the actual podcast. Love it. Introducing hypotheses. But it's going to be tough for me to spell. A master's hypothesis on the decline in popularity of baseball. All right. Can you fit all that in? Yeah. There's no, there's no word. What count. else did we talk about? What was the first question? Vacation, the guy shaming. With vacation shaming. Ooh, I like that. God, I like that topic, but this, this one will probably play better. Yeah. Do people even look at it? I do. I look at, I go through, now I don't look at topics. I look uh -huh. at guests. Like I see daddy issues is my first one. That's Joe Buck's podcast, Chelsea yeah. Handler. Then what's my next one? You see my next ones. You can see Holly Randall unfiltered. It's a porn podcast. You listen to that one by yourself, I assume. <laughs> Dude, That's so on, on the car. When I'm riding on my Peloton, I'm listening to the Holly Randall interview Abigail Mack. Yeah. And I couldn't be more interested in the whole thing. <laughs> it's just so fucked up, man. Oh, wow. Mark Marin has Quentin Tarantino on today. I have to listen to that. Somebody else had uh, Quentin Tarantino on recently. Was it? Oh, Mar did. What's he did? He, what's he, yeah, he's going on. I, I, I guess didn't he might be doing something. This week. Yeah, he must be. Oh, it's his book. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood book is coming Got out. Got it. I what actually, I, I pre-ordered that weeks ago. It's coming. Oh, it's coming next week. Let's go. Uh, let's see. No laying up is an, I always listen to no laying up on Mondays after a golf tournament. Uh -huh. What is their deal? Do you listen to no laying up? Rarely. Usually for majors. I, I follow I, them on Twitter. They're they great Twitter really follow. are big into women's golf and I'm not like hating on that. Mm -hmm. I'm just probably talk about Nelly Corda. Sure. I get it. But it's like, they like scold. I what were they scolded NBC for sticking with the John Rom trophy presentation, even though it was late. Mm -hmm. but they scolded him for cutting away from whoever won the U.S. Women's Open mm -hmm. a few weeks earlier, and I'm just like, it's different. Yeah, it is different. I don't it's, know. But it's different because the audience size. It's not a... Yeah. It's not a... It's not some, you know... Yeah, it's not like a statement they're trying to make. Right. It's, it's just that it, more you know, people are It's kind of like there are more people interested in women's gymnastics than men's. 
that doesn't mean one is yeah. superior to the other. It's just interest. Am I missing something on this? I mean, that's just business. But can we not say that? Is that bad? Am I? Did I just get canceled? Did I just cancel myself? Uh, it's up in the air. We'll probably have to do a employee review or <laughs> something. Sorry, coming. I'll tell my real estate agent Jupiter to get hot. And have <laughs> <laughs> Time to go. Told you it was coming. Uh, all right. That'll do it for questions from the audience. Email it. And if you want to email something in, Iggy will participate. Yeah. Now, now people can, it's like. Now a, they know. Yeah. And I still want lesbian erotica, even though I'm starting to think it's not coming. That's what he would be. That's what we need him for is an erotic I don't think story. he's ever had a threesome with two women. No, but he can bullshit his way around it. <laughs> I know that. It seems like he is in the more popular MMF. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be great. I'd like to know how the hell he started. I'm actually legitimately curious on like how that happened. Because he says he's not a swinger, but yet he's like banging a bunch of people. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Maybe the island life is is more is, is, <laughs> is more, more crazy liberal sexually than, than we thought it was. I don't know. I just imagine him hanging in a hammock and intermittently just banging yeah. three women a night. But it's not. He's never. It sounds like he's never had a threesome. Like I'm pretty sure we've covered that. He's never had a threesome. He's definitely had sex with more than one person uh, other than himself in the room. Hundred percent. But I don't think he's had like. You know, yeah, we're two women at once. Right. I ask you this all the time. Is that is that is that a big thing for your people as in generation or oh, it's like a trophy if you can pull it really? off? Really? Okay, yeah. so that's good. It's that's a trophy. That's my tie that binds with your generation. But I also think Except I'm not going to be getting it. No, I, that's like 99% of my generation can't get it. Really? No, no, they can't do it. I just figured the women are more interested in the women. You need two sporting women, and it's hard to find. Two sporting women. Here. I don't think you need two. Well, I guess you, they, everybody has to be sporting, but I think I think for a lot of people, it's the wife or the girlfriend is by or by curious. Okay, I heard you saying that. And then the tough thing is you got to find the third. Find the person who's willing to come. And in. I would, for me anyway, this pie, This is like this is like you got to watch the credits. The podcast doesn't end. And there's yeah, sneaker content. Scene. Absolutely, it's like a stern interview where he, they, he tells the people it's over, and then he gets the best shit at the end. Yeah. Not that this is necessarily great, but. <laughs> That the tough thing then becomes, and I think we had an email from a, a lady about this a few months ago, of who then the girl wants to have as the third. Yeah, it's a very selective Do you go process. friend or do you go random? For me, like let's say lightning strikes and I get this, <laughs> I wouldn't want the third to be like one of Anna Marie's friends. And she's got some attractive friends. I for should sure. note, got, you got to make sure, I, but I'm not bullshitting here. That's the truth. Like for, sure. for real. For real, you know, uh -huh. but yeah, absolutely. I hear I mean, you. You don't, you don't. You don't get to dinner with Michael Jordan if you aren't looking good. You know what I mean? That's the truth. Um, I think that while you would prefer it to be a random, I somehow feel like it would be more likely to happen if it was a friend because the trust is there. It is tough, but I don't think I can. I can't be involved then. I hear what you're saying. You know what I mean? Which is fine. Yeah. I'm not looking to be involved. And no. I don't think anybody is looking for I'm just me saying to be involved. I think general. all parties agree that I should not be involved. And if you are, <laughs> potted plant. Yeah. That's all I want. That's yeah. all I want. But I think for the Why general Why am I so public? enamored with this? I saw Lady Chatterley's lover in like 1987 over at Friends House. And there was lesbianism. And I got this tingly feeling. And yeah. ever since, here we are, 34 years later. Yeah. And I'm now broadcasting about it. Yeah. I don't know. I can't, I can't, I think, I think most you, guys, you aren't enamored with, are you enamored with it? I'm a fan, but I wouldn't say enamored. I wouldn't say enamored. I'm a I, fan. I have no idea. I mean, how can you not be a fan? Oh, but so I, I bet some people aren't fans. We did. We got, we got scolded. Like by, there was a guy who was really upset when we were talking about it on the radio one time, like, 
we were cocks because we wanted another kid. He was like, but he was like, really, I feel like his wife cheated on him with a woman. That's what I feel like happened. Which would be awesome. Like, that oh, would be awesome. The hottest. That would be awesome. If I walked in on Anne Marie <laughs> with a woman, yeah, then like, I'd be like, oh, fuck, I got to close the door just enough so I can see. You guys need some it. eggs? Oh, my God. Yeah. What, can, what can I do to keep this going? Seriously. It'd be the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Like, you don't want it to be a thing where... She's like, okay, fine, fuck, I'll do it. So you stop talking about yeah, it. Yeah, then it's not. Then you're not into it. Exactly. It's just like if a porn star was like, if you saw it like the first two minutes before they start, yeah, they said, oh, they said yes. action. Caden has told me like, like I don't know, like I don't know, like anal bleeding stories. Oh. And she's and I go, oh, oh my god, and she goes, yeah, and this girl doesn't do. And I go, oh fuck, what are you doing? Yeah, stop. You're like you're doing more to get me away from like porn than Anna Marie has. It's like telling kids Santa Claus is don't real. say it. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, no, she's hot, but she's got a smell problem. Like, ah, no. <laughs> I can't. Now I can't unknow that. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, never meet your heroes. lesbian stories. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please do. They've been coming in so fast and furious. Yeah. I get asked about the number six every week, and I can't get one fucking lesbian story. Yeah. Make it up if you have to. Yeah. We won't There's know. Some, like the spread your legs guy who exactly. calls you. He can yeah. just write one in. Just make it Fine. up. Fuck. I'm just looking for something, and I have no idea why. All right. Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. There it is. The Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. On November 13th, it's the dawning of a new era when the NFL debuts in Germany live on NFL Network. Brady and the Bucks. Touchdown, Tampa Bay! DK and the Seahawks. Puts the ball up, making a catch! Wake up and watch with the world. It's Sunday morning football. Live from Munich. Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.